0: this is the proper episode one of the Northern Invasion podcast. I've remembered to press record this time, so you've got us right from the beginning. So, it's me again, Stuart West, and with me this time, we've got, over to you first, Scott.
1: Hello. Um, so, we're doing proper intros this time, I think. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, so, my name's Scott Smith, I've um, been uh, playing... Uh, AOS release since the beginning, so um, not particularly well, but uh, getting better, getting better. Mm. Um, I don't know if you can hear that. Do you hear a buzzing? <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
0: It's just in your head.
1: <laughs> no, I've got a giant, very long legs just floating and It's stuck in the lamp. Anyway, if you can't hear it, just edit this bit out. It's <laughs> <really> annoying me. <laughs> I'll kill it in a few minutes. Um, yeah, so I've uh, been part of the Scottish Warhammer scene since around uh, end of twenty thirteen I played my first Scottish Open, under eighth edition. And just kept going since then really. Um at the moment I'm yeah, playing Nurgle. Um before that I played Air Courts um for a wee while that was that got me through Six Nations twenty seventeen. Um and yeah, uh, that's really beef intro for me, really. Um you can get me mostly on Twitter, i uh, and We Men on Twitter. Um but also part of the Age uh, of Sigmar Scotland group page, so you can find us on there. I think we're all on there. Um, most of the stuff we talk about goes up there as well, I think. so. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much me.
0: Cheers. Over to you, uh, Liam.
2: Hi, uh, Liam Watt, uh, up from Aberdeen. Uh, play AOS since the 1st December it came out. I left after the end times of playing Fantasy. It was just not my sort of game. Uh, wasn't enjoying it. Uh, where obviously the direction of the game was take everything uh, at the time. So I took a break and played some other uh, miniature games and uh, did other things competitively. Then came back then uh, played Kevin for my intro game. And uh, luckily for everyone else, that hooked me into the game. And uh, from there, I played Stormcasts for the first year and a half. Then I went on a very quick hiatus of many armies in the last uh, year. Uh, went to Amix Chaos, then I did uh, Nurgle, then I did Slayers. then I did Fire Slayers, then I did Nurgle again, Zeench. and I'm on to death at the moment with Stormcast Army I'm building right now. But never mind. <laughs> uh, been enjoying the game, obviously, uh, events-wise and competitively, for the last two years almost now, and uh, really enjoying it. Uh,
3: over to you, Nathan, I think, is it? Uh, yep. So, Nathan Watson. Uh, my Twitter's is at Nate underscore Watson 89. Uh, dabbled a bit with Warhammer and uh, tabletop gaming briefly when I was uh, a teenager. And then I was pretty much out of the hobby until Total War got me back in just before the General's Handbook release. So I picked up some Iron Jaws and was uh, playing in the local Games Workshop store, and then went to my first tournament in March 2017. So just over a year ago, uh, playing your first game. I I did. I played your first game. (laughs) Uh, Got absolutely smashed. (laughs) What? Um, Yeah, (laughs) smashed by Scott and then smashed Liam. but yeah, we're in our first, uh, first tournament 2017 and I've uh, been at almost every Scottish tournament ever since, got the bug dragged a few people into it as well from uh, a local club that I'm at they're starting to get a bit more into it um, now but yeah, uh, part of the Team Scotland this year and follow everything that's going on in the Scottish scene
0: Right, thanks very much great to have you and apologies for my technical ineptitude last time Okay, so uh, we've uh, we've got uh, quite a bit to do today, uh, especially because this weekend was Northern Invasion, the one time in the year where I uh, I pull my finger out and try and run a tournament. So um, it, I think it went quite well. I think uh, I can I can maybe talk about it from from the, the TO side, and then two of you guys played there. Um, so I did do an interview. Um, with the winner that went on quite a while, so we're gonna we've decided we're gonna release that as a standalone thing. Um, so, so we won't go too much into that. But um, if I tell you what the pack was like, so it was it was two days, five games, two thousand points, as you do. Um, I think we mentioned it a bit in the last episode how it was going to work and what my thinking was behind it. So I won't go into that too much. But we pre-drew the the missions. Um, after lists had been submitted um, there wasn't any realms in play um, because when I wrote the pack it was pretty new so um, I'd not really took it all in Um, we did have the standard um, random weather table that I've been using for the last uh, well this will be the third year doing that Um, and this time we did allow people to come from a specific realm and then wizards from that Uh, in that army, could choose one of the spells out of Malign Sorcery um, to know, Um, which resulted in 19 of the uh, 42 players being from (laughs) the Realm of Fire with Stoke Raging. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I've got some great stats, so I mean, I can can pump those out, but uh, it was interesting. Um, I think... Well, I felt it went quite well. It was good for me because it, it's it's a good atmosphere and uh, and there wasn't anybody fighting, <laughs> not that there ever normally is, but there was there was no rows. There were there were one or two rules queries, but everybody took it well. So, no, I, I found it was it's was pretty relaxed, and I even got a game. Um, my um spare player of all people had a had a bit of a drink the night before and and uh, turned in late on day two, so it meant I got a game. For, for for game four, so my old Grop Shaman uh, got out of the box and lasted about a turn and a half before he <laughs> perished. <laughs> but no, it was good fun. It was uh, it was it was good. Um I don't know if uh if you um Liam and Scott wanna talk about I don't know how you found it and who you played or, or how your games went. Yeah, before Scott the stats. Do you want the Sorry, first? First? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, cool. So I I I'll, I'll go through my list very quickly and then just uh we'll just do what game around. Maybe that's probably the best thing to do because that's different to do the same missions I suppose. So yeah. Um so I took Nurgle, um and I I was one of the Realm of Akshi people. <laughs> for <awesome>. for reasons. <laughs> I was I was looking through it. Um I hadn't really spent much time looking at the realm stuff. Um and Obviously, it stood out immediately. Um, I was I actually caught my eye first. Was the uh, the same realm that Michael Hans took? I think is was was it life? Um, I thought, oh, life's quite ugly quite themey. There's a few nice little spells in there, but then sort of turned the page <laughs> to actually spells. I was like, oh yeah, oh, that goes nicely. <laughs> that goes nicely with the flies, or at least that's the idea. So anyway, my list uh, very quickly just was Great and Queen one with the uh, the blade and the bell standard. Um grandfather's blessing for the extra regen. Uh, sorry, the endless gift for the extra regen. Uh, grandfather's Blessing for the Wheel Trick. Um he I gave him Infernal Blades from from Akshi, so that's the, the plus one damage spell, which is uh, if you get it off it's brilliant. Um Supporting him was Rotigus, first time I've used him at a, at an event, so I had him got him painted the week before. So that was uh, that was good fun. Um and he had Stoke Rage from the from actually, so that's the uh, plus one to wound and plus one to charge, I think it is, um, spell from, from Akshi. So again, very useful. And the main idea being to just send them in. Um I'd Festus to help uh support the Great and Queen one primarily. He had blades, um putrefaction. I um, haven't got off once in this in this tournament. And I gave him the parch from Spell from actually, which again I'd like to cast once to cast. So, um, and then for battle line, thirty plague bearers, five plague kings, five plague kings, and then six flies, plague drones, and three Nurglings. and just rounded it off with the geminids to make me up to two thousand points.
0: Did you cast geminids at all?
1: I finally uh, cast slash. Remembered to cast it, um, probably around game five, <laughs> yeah. um, and. Yeah, it's had a little bit of an impact in the game, but um, I think I'll keep it in there. I, again, I painted them the week before, so it was it was nice to use them. Um, I think it's still useful. It's just getting getting used to using them. I'd never really cast any endless spells prior to this event, so um, it was you know part of the learning curve for me to be honest. So
0: yeah, keeping them within sight on the table. I think a lot of people who I spoke to, either forgot yeah. about them. Yeah, um, that's it. Didn't think how high it is to cast.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially as you're, you get your eye on the fire spells as well as the nergo spells, and then, you know, I've I've got plenty of spells I can cast, so keeping geminids in 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 mind is it's perhaps what the better players should. Uh... <laughs> but anyway, right. So game one, uh, this was uh, what mission was this again? This was,
0: was Ottawa. It was the old Ottawa from from the first GHB. Um GHB. Mm-hmm. So that was the one where you have uh, two in your side, two in the opponent's, and from turn three, if you control all four of them, you get the major. Blood and Glory. Blood and Glory, that's it, sorry.
1: So game one, Blood and Glory, I had uh, the pleasure of playing Nagash game one. So this was David Nemeth and his uh, (laughs) grand host list. So he had Nagash, he had Necromancer, Um. The Ecromancer had the Aether Quartz brooch for the usual command point shenanigans. Um, he had two Morghast Archai, two times 40 skeletons and a 10 skeletons and then the first cohort formation. Um, and he had the Spell Portal for extra Nagash fun. <laughs> so this was not too similar to what I played against you, Nathan, the week before which was kind of handy. Yeah. Um Get to play Nagash for a little bit of practice, so I kind of knew a little bit what was what was coming at me, but um he had more skeletons, he has obviously the spell on the necromancer and Van Hells to, to boost the skeletons. Um and sure enough, that's that's kind of what happened. <laughs> so that's that's kinda what took me down in the end. So long story short, lost this game. Um it was quite slow to be honest. We we got through to turn three just at the end. Um, main reason being was Quite a lot of dice getting rolled by David, obviously with his forty skeletons, ranks of three, yeah. um, and chucking Van Hells in there. So they're obviously quite nasty and can grind yeah. out my units pretty quickly. I I, I went first. I, I couldn't get my charge off with the flies. I didn't get them very well buffed up, obviously, because playing against the gas, you, you don't get your spells off um, very easily. So it it was kind of like on the, writing was on the wall, really. Um, and he he just sort of ground me off. He, he tabled me in the end, um, and we got to turn three, and he he could claim all the objectives. So that was kind of long story short. He he did uh, he did manage to um, get uh, the gash to cast. Uh, was it go through the portal? The old uh, oh, hand of dust. The dust. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he yeah. set that. He got that set up, um, and I I chose wisely the first time, um, so that was fine. Mm-hmm. Obviously on the, on the Great and clean one, this is, um, mm-hmm. but the next turn. He got it off again, and I I chose unwisely, so that was the <laughs> that was the big man going. Um, but he, he tabled me in the end, so that
0: was. What what was he shaking in that metal goblet? Because I kept hearing it
1: shake. Oh yeah, that was all. That was all his dice. So <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: did he did that every time, did he? <laughs> yeah.
1: So <laughs> very very distracting. Flows around us, I imagine, but uh, I, I, yeah.
0: I could oh, hear it oh, all oh, over yeah. the. <laughs> all over the place, and I thought it was for a special spell, but it was no, everything. Else. No, that'll be the forty
1: skeletons, forty <laughs> skeletons times a million. So, what
3: well, did I he mean, take? It like, did... like a cocktail shaker for his dice. Like, it, it, it was like a, like
1: a metal
0: goblet. Goblet, yeah, yeah. So it's very loud. He's a, a fun character. Yeah, he came, sixth, he came sixth in the end, so he had a pretty good weekend of it. Yeah, so, he... oh, 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 was it? Yeah, sixth.
1: So. He knows what he's doing. He's he's got a lot of armies. He's played a lot of events this year,
0: um,
1: and he's very, uh, very excitable on the table. He's he's a good lad.
0: He is. Yeah, I think he he said his first one was the last Northern invasion, like the last one I did, which was in December, was it last year? Yeah. So he's, I think he was playing Fire Slayers at that one, and so he's he's probably the only person now who competes with Liam for the amount of armies he gets. Yeah. <laughs> How about yourself then, Liam? What did you take and what was your first uh, first opponent?
2: Uh, I took the Grand Host of Nagash Army. I took Nagash. Uh, you want in the spells on that as well? or
0: Ah, just the highlights will do us. Um, yeah. If they, if they were pivotal, definitely, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: Nagash was General. You had uh, Amethyst uh, and Pinions, Val uh, Transference, Overwhelming Dread. Uh, the realm of spell I took on him was Knight's Touch to make him immune to rend. I took a Guardian of Souls with Mortality Glass, which is the uh, event, the birthday model, right. uh, which is uh, he got the Realm of Death Spell with Soul Shroud, which is the makes a unit immune to spells. The Necromancer took the Artifact Balefire Lantern for minus one to wound in six inches. Uh, his lore of death spell was Spectral Grasp and then the Realm the Realm of Death Spell was Unnatural Darkness, which is pick a friendly unit and they're minus one to hit. Yeah. And then took forty skeletons with ancient spears, uh, two units of five Derwolves, thirty grim Grimglass Reapers, and a spell portal and prismatic palisades with a hundred points saved for two command points as well.
0: And uh, I saw I saw you had your uh, endless spells on the table so you, you remembered yours of course
2: most of the time yeah I remember most of, I only got Palisades off once I felt that I didn't need it in every game it was I was to more of a heavy shooting uh, as talked prior to the event was there'd be a bit more of the new Stormcast Ballistas that kicked about but there wasn't much uh, well I didn't burst any anyway I didn't burst Stormcast at all uh, my first game was against Linden uh, unfortunately for Lyndon uh, Sinclair. He had a beast called Raiders army uh, with the skull formation in it. Uh, so he had a crosshorn stonehorn, a huskard and stonehorn, uh, two ice brow hunters, and I think it was 18 dogs spread between five units.
0: Yeah, sounds about right.
2: And the burning head was his final thing, and a fungo shaman. Oh, yeah. So blood and glory as well. Uh, it was unfortunately quite uh, advantageous to me. The game, Uh, we obviously, I played it out, obviously, I I had the chance of winning the game on turn 3, but I took it off of obviously trying to get more kill points out of the game, and obviously just to have more of a game, and it was very close actually at the end. Uh, He had, he'd obviously gotten models onto objective, and the only, I only had two units that I could actually get onto objective, but I wouldn't have more models than him, so I had to with my last magic phase, it had to be quite tricky and just start removing his dogs off the objective, but still kept my skeletons in range so that they could charge and take the objective. And also Nagash just to go in at the end and do the final blow on uh, his last Icebrow Hunter. Uh, it was uh, I killed 1,500 kill points in the end, uh, the, uh, and I only lost 120, which was the two units of dogs. It was quite... Uh, as obviously with death, it's quite hard to shift their units and get their kill points out of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean destruction. Uh I mean not in a good way at the moment. I'm just glancing over the results there and and uh, there's only one in the top 25, 26. Um destruction army. Um so yeah, it's a it's a it's a noble effort by uh by Spadge by Lyndon there taking that but um he had a tough run of games so yeah, it wasn't his best placing I'm afraid. Um, I think he came about 36th or something like that, 37th. So, shame. But no, it was quite a strong turnout for yourself. So, I didn't think, and I said this last week, that going into game two and game three, there'd be that many on majors. But I was surprised how many people actually pulled off the majors in the first turn, in the first, uh, uh, in the first uh, couple of games. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's quite a. Uh... It's quite a difficult... Blood and Glory is like, it's quite hard to have a major if you don't have enough uh, big units to obviously hold all objectives uh, in a turn sort of thing or stop your opponent taking them from you if they get the turn. Uh, but still being able to, if your opponent obviously can't uh, eat models out of the middle of a unit or take models out of the middle of a unit, being able to... Uh, this probably happened against Scott as well is units just stretch themselves out and hold two on their own quite yeah. easily, uh, just because there's obviously still a strength and well, like, as we say, there's quite a strength you're either horde meta where there's heaps of big units or you're a monster and you have all these big monsters that are hard to kill mm-hmm. it's kind of the two armies I kick about at the moment obviously, looking at previously, there's a destruction army, the only one I can see kicking about that's doing really well is the uh, magma dragon list, which uh, Tom Lloyd's been doing well with
0: yeah and going into game two, which was taken hold, you had Spadge, didn't you, Scott?
1: Yeah, so we were down the bottom table. <laughs> um, which was nice, because you had the nice um, uh, sort of icy playmat down there, which was yeah. a pleasure, pleasure to play on. Um, yeah, this yeah, was taken it was hold. The, it was
0: the, the wintry south.
1: Yeah, so it suited Spadge's army down the ground. Um, and this was, actually looking at his list, <clears throat> he had the. Uh, he had twenty-two dogs. Not which dogs? <laughs> three <laughs> and six. I lost count on killing them. That was the issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was taken hold. So this was back to again handbook number one. Um, so you're you sort of going back in time again to remember what what you're doing here. Um, and this is, the, this is the, the, the the two objectives that you you get in a major if you hold both after turn three. I think it is. as well. Yeah. 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 Um, so <clears throat> against Spadge, he. He's only like two drops in the end, two or three drops. So he, he took the first turn against me and he went for it. He I, I set up kind of as far forward as I could, so on a twelve inch line, which probably wasn't that sensible with the, the great and clean one mm-hmm. a little bit exposed. But so he, he went for it so, and Yeah, he went for it and fired his two stone horns at me. Um all the dogs are off the table and the little Shaman's kind of the fungoid. He's sort of hanging back towards his objective, and he, so he went for it with the stone horns. He kind of only got one of them in on turn one and rolled terribly. So he, he kind of was a little bit worried at that point. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just um, took care of the stone horns quite quickly. quickly. And everything kind of worked from turn one for me in this game. I got my spells off. I got got the flies into the stone horns and. Uh, Rottigus was chucking his mortal wounds down. Great and Clean was spewing on them as well. So the Blight Kings were—you know, five Blight Kings—chucking a lot of attacks in, and it was—it it just ground them down pretty quickly. The, the Two Stone Horns, so got them off the table even before the rest of the the, the dogs and the hunters arrived. To be honest, so it was—I uh-huh. was kind of set up for them, and then uh, once they came on, I could stretch out, take care of them, and um, I went it on turn three. I got the. <clears throat> the Blight Kings pushed forward, they were um actually for for once I saved a command point. So I only have one command point in my list and, and for once I didn't immediately go plus one attack onto something, usually the flies. And actually saved it. Um and used it to run the Blight Kings um onto the objective with the help of the wheel. I think the, and they might have even still been range of the bell, so they were very fast. And they got they got into this objective um turn three. So we uh, had had the major wrapped up pretty quick, and we we decided to play on. There was plenty of time left, so um, just for, for points, really. Spudge being a lovely fellow, mm-hmm. and I think I ended up—I can't remember if I tabled the whole list or not—but it was more or less <laughs> all the dogs, all the hunters, all the stone Um I can't remember if I got the cheeky shaman in the end or not, but um, so that's a big back to back to a big win for me. In fact, it was a tabling because I was thinking that's me back to almost zero <laughs> in terms of net victory points. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of game two, so having been completely taken off in game one, I then I, I, I took somebody off in, in game two, so the the, the submarine was on.
0: Uh-huh. Good stuff. What about you then, Liam? Uh, game two. Uh,
2: yeah, I was off on table one. Uh, as a spoiler, <laughs> I didn't leave that table for the rest of the weekend.
0: You really became Uh, attached to it, didn't you? I did.
2: I even took took some of it home, luckily, in the raffle. Yeah,
0: it wasn't a fix. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: Game two, I was against Adam, uh, his clan Pestilence army. Uh, It was quite a... He had the Congregation of fell formation in it. He had three units of 40 uh, plague monks, a vermin lord Corruptor as his general, which had the Sword of Judgment. I'm struggling to remember what uh, command trait it had. Uh, He had the uh, Screaming Bell as an ally, he then also had, obviously, the furnace in the formation, and then had two Plague Catapults and two uh, Plague Priests.
1: Come uh, He said yeah, he Master of Rotten Ruin. Just looking at that. That's close. it. Yeah. Whatever that does. Whatever well, that does. <laughs>
2: uh, it was, uh, he was from also the Realm of Shadow, uh, as I completely well, no, forgot. Hot. I completely forgot uh, on turn one when he decided uh, to take a unit of 40, Plague Monks, and used Bridge of Shadows to have them then nine inches away from my army. I had a quite a panic moment of, whoops, I maybe forgot this was going to happen, uh, where he then, turned one, threw a unit of 40 Plague Monks at me. Uh, obviously, of my deployment, I'd set up the uh, the Grim Gas would be in range if someone went to base the base with the skeletons. Uh, so he charged the Plague Monks in against my skeletons and uh, wolves he only got five into the wolves and then he got about 13, I think it was to 13 or 18 into the skeletons. It removed about 11 skeletons and then four of the dogs. And then as retaliation, I charged and hit, piled in obviously the skeletons, then piled in the grim gasts, and then piled in the dog and removed, uh, 29 of them uh, after obviously the attacks. Uh, Expect a command point turn one, obviously, to keep the skeletons alive. And then from there on, that in my turn one's magic phases, that unit left to play once was dead. And then I just kind of played it, just moving my army as a wall across the board. Uh, He was very unlucky with his uh, play called catapults. They did, I don't think they did anything the entire game. Uh, If they hit, they missed on the wound roll. If they were. If they got through on the wound roll. I passed the armour save. Unfortunately, it was uh, they just struggled to do anything uh, from there on. The screaming bell was going mad at some points, trying to hit things, but there was nothing in range with its uh, toll of its bell. And then uh, I just pushed for the term five major. I just uh, I didn't go for the term three. I could have probably won term three, but again, just use my army as like a dominant force of just pushing it in layers at people and people struggling to remove all the models. Uh, I got lucky uh, double turn and uh, turn 2. Uh, two in, I think it was 2 into 2. Uh, well, second of part 1, turn 1 and then first part of turn 2. I uh, was lucky there and then I just moved my army towards him and just held him back but put all my debuffs on my army so that if he did hit me, that he wasn't doing very much uh, in the way of damage. And then obviously uh, turn 5 it was a major win. Uh, he was only able to get again sixty kill points out of me, which was one unit of dogs, and I got eleven fifty VPs out of him. Uh, again, just both our armies had quite a. There's parts of his army I just had to ignore because it obviously spread quite well, but just obviously being able to remove the three units of monks from the board over uh, one combat. I think the thirty gram gas went in and deleted forty plague monks uh, with the double pile attack, which is pretty good.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, Adam uh, Adam Rosson had a quite a, a tough run of games, and I think he finished thirtieth. Um, so not bad for pestilence, but um, I think it was the first time he'd had him out. He was working like crazy over the uh, the holidays there. So I saw the the pictures on Twitter as he amassed his force. I'm always yeah. used to him using the silver net, but it's, yeah. it's a good army to see on the board, and uh, and hopefully he'll he'll uh, get some get some success with them yeah so um so that's uh that's uh, game two, so then game three saw us go to the new general's handbook for focal points um so it was the <laughs> there's a spoiler the only the only time that we weren't playing general's handbook one uh, the whole weekend um was in game three with focal points and um scott you were, you actually did you play Spider Fang? Was it Richard Smith played? I yeah. did, yes. How did yes, that work yes. out for you?
1: Um yeah, it was uh it was a fun game. So this was uh, his list was lots and lots and lots and lots of spiders, uh and a shaman again. So he had uh, his general in fact was the, the fungoid. Uh, he had two Arachnarok uh, spiders with the, the shaman on them, one with the thermal rider cloak, um a little bit of extra shenanigans. Uh, he was from Akshi as well So of course he's got the spells on these guys He's got um, The big boss and the giant spider For his lovely command ability And his, his units was just well A unit of 30 spiders, 2 units of 10 And a unit of 5 So lots and lots of these little spiders all over the board um, And he had A raft of spells as well So he had cogs, shackles and, and palisade as well As well as having 2 command points spare For, um, the, for the spider tricks so this was the first time I played this this mission actually, so it was quite uh, quite useful. But uh, I think it suits him very well because it was a diagonal deployment. You can just spread out the spiders all along as as far up as you can. Uh, it was, I think it's nine inches back. This one isn't it? So um, there's a very wide front line. You can just you just spread them out completely, basically, and um, and then kind of went for it from there. So um, the the spiders are quite nasty there, although they haven't got much. In the way of you know, there's no modern um, faction abilities or anything like that. There, they're still quite nasty, and there's still a few buffs they can get going with the with the mortal wounds stacking, uh, not stacking, but they can uh, they can boost the output of the mortal wounds on the on the spiders from the the big boss command ability, and I think the spells from the rattler rock shaman as well. Maybe there's there's, there's a couple things they can do. Um, he's telling horrific stories of doing. Uh, an absolute load of mortal wounds to somebody earlier that day. So, yeah, just <laughs> let it wash off me. I've, I've got a few saves. I can, I can hopefully take care of it for a, bit of, a little bit of time. But, um, uh, Rich was the first time I played. Rich as well. So, I've seen him at a few events now down at Gom And um, had they been up? Had he been up to Common Ground before? I'm not sure. But no, I think it was his first time. That oh, his first time. It? Yeah. So there's, there's, it was part of the Geordie invasion. So there was a there was a whole squad of them came up am eager for the rankings points <laughs> um but yeah so the, this this didn't go that well for me um i was a little bit um again perhaps bold with it uh, i was i was a little bit sleepy being at game 3 on day 1 even though i wasn't even on the beer <laughs> i wasn't wasn't quite on, on on full strength here but he he just kind of and they're, they're quite nasty he you can get debuffs as well i'm sure there's, there's some way he had a, a minus 1 to hit from something that
2: a uh, realm of fire spell that does
1: that. Uh yeah. Okay, so that kind of took the edge off me a little bit as well. So I, I, I kind of went for it. The, the, I ground out a few things that the flies got in there, but didn't quite have enough to take care of his his big units. Um, and he he just kind of swarmed over me in the end. To be honest, um, the the spids are very quick, and because they they all the pretty much ignore terrain. I think that's the way it's worded in their scrolls, so they can. Yeah, um, there's there's no hiding from them. They just come over the top and and get you. Yeah, so this, pretty scary. This, yeah, he, he didn't quite table me. Um, we kind of agreed it towards the end. It was uh, it was most of my army. I think he got about three quarters of it at least. So um, but it was a fun game. He was a good lad. He was having a few beers, Um and he's always he's always he's always good banter.
0: So yeah, he um, likes a fine. We ended up out on the uh, on on that night and. We were playing the infamous one hand with the boys oh, yeah. from, uh, uh, with the, so it was Warlords and Warriors and the boys from Orkney, um, and a, a few other guys who, who came with us. And, um, he was beyond it. He just couldn't get his head around those rules. So, yeah. <laughs> he was quite drunk by game three, I think. So, <laughs> uh, he had a good time. So, it's always good. I like having a fight with him.
1: Yeah, no, it was nice because he he he'd, I've had a lot of chat with him. Uh, and he he said oh, I was really hoping to play you, so so that was cool.
0: Yeah, he was quite excited when he got it. And um and yourself then, Liam, you had the other Adam. So I guess I,
2: I got the whole set of them almost. Uh, <laughs> big on runners. I uh, got Adam Turner uh, with his F army. He had the Free Spirits formation in his
0: army. Yeah, eighteen sides, three lots of six, wasn't it?
2: Three lots of six, yeah. With uh, Durthu, with uh, Gurstrike.
0: Yeah. Uh, from Who's the realm two.
2: of life. Uh, yeah. His general was a branch wraith. Uh, Twiggy. She, Twiggy.
1: Twiggy. Yeah. <laughs> he just paid a week before, didn't he?
2: Yeah, three units of uh, uh, Spirit reven- revenants. And that was it. Uh, it was the focal points. Uh, again, a strong mission for me just because I outnumbered him. He only had, what was it, 18, 35 models to start with on the board against my, like, 80. Uh, just strong through so I just pushed uh, my debuffs just slowed him down so much uh, being able to reduce his movement on the hunters uh, we had to use our ruse cards which obviously we got at the beginning of the event obviously I don't think uh, Sue mentioned earlier really. we all got a ruse card which could alter a rule pretty much in the game uh, I got one that allowed me to pick the weather we were using that round and I picked it to non-flying units were minus one to uh, move, run and charge which uh, against Hunter's going down to movement two. Uh, because obviously, you half before you minus is off. I had Spectral Grasp on half his army, which <laughs> rounded their movement half and then rounded down, so it went to two. So then, instead sort of <laughs> taking away the minus one, they only moved
0: one inch. There um, was a huge temple was, on the middle of that board, wasn't there, on table that one? Was, it was yeah. a big Nagash themed board. It was quite apt that you were on there. But um, I remember when Lee uh, faced you on there later on, on game two. On day two, um, he was certainly worrying about that uh, that that and temple piece, because yeah. of because of the scale of that piece of terrain. And uh,
2: it was just a uh, turn three. I think we were on live on uh, Twitter as well. Dirthu was battling uh, Nagash, and very luckily on his seven attacks, uh, he was able to get four wounds through. And unfortunately, I rolled three twos and uh, four, so the three twos went to eighteen damage which then I just wasn't able to save, which uh, removed Nagash, which Adam was more than happy to <laughs> get Nagash on the board. But I think he knew at that point as well the mission. I would won the yeah. mission uh, just by having, like I said, a superior, superior amount of bodies. Uh, even with Nagash dead, my magic phases were still strong. I started the Necromancer and the Garden of Souls. Uh, I was able to palantat twice with the, uh, the 30 gas, got them back to full health and was able to go into a unit of saves, six saves, and just after a palm attacking twice, I just removed all six, which was quite nice. Uh, hunters <laughs> seem to struggle with grim gas, having a four-up save, ignoring Rend. It seems to just, I was ignoring, like, half the damage. Well, it's just, uh, it's just that you'd be ignoring half the damage, which I was just lucky. Uh I had the triumph in our game as well of uh, reroll saves. Which I, knew, I quite enjoyed getting, which allows me to have like one turn where they just nullify pretty much all the damage coming to them on a alpha. And then that was a major win to me. Uh, uh, he got 800. I killed 840 points, which, like I said, it's just hard. It's hard. To, I only killed two units of hunters, I think, and the spite revenant units, and then he killed 1240, which was obviously the uh, gash. He got the two into skeletons, and I think you got the he skele- uh, got the skeletons and the two of dogs, in the end. Oh, wow. so, yeah, well, so That's
4: it's a really quite...
3: good list, Adams' list. was one
2: yeah. of my yeah. favourites. It seems that I think it, uh, it was talked about. I talked about it obviously out of there and uh, in the WhatsApp chats with the Silver Death guys. A lot of them liked it, but a lot of them felt that it was kind of like a softer Deepkin version. It was like a soft version of what Deepkin can do, but I think it's actually maybe has a bit better because it has the ability to summon models in. Having the Branch Ray General, he was just summoning units of dryads and then onto a wood and then next turn just flying them onto the other wood in the middle of the board. Just obviously giving models which uh, are hard to hit as well. Their mounts want to hit, which is amazing when they're near trees, which just makes them quite hard to shift for most normal infantry that aren't designed to kill. Like just your objective holders, you'd say they go into fives to hit and things like that. It makes them really struggle getting
0: things like giants, yeah, I won't won't give away where he came because we'll go over the top, the top few, the top ten maybe when we've gone through these. But um, yeah, so day one was a quite a success for you, Liam. You you'd spent two days on the top table. You got your three major victories, um, and then we moved into. To day two, everybody made it despite the late night that a lot of a lot of folk had, uh, except for the spare player, which he had not in mind because I got a game. But Steve managed to come in um, for the for the last game, which was good because I had to do all the maths and uh, get everything ready for the uh, uh, for presentations and whatnot. But going into day two, um, it started off with three places of power, which is uh, for those that have not been um, around since. The first general's handbook. This was, um, it can only be claimed by a hero, not by a behemoth, and there's three of them, isn't there? But the points do scale the same way as, uh, it does in, um, in duality of death and, and whatnot. So, um, Scott, you had, um, who did you have? So I had Grant Moody from one of the
1: guys, Kev's mate, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, first time I played him against him, so that was nice. Iron
0: jaws, wasn't it? What yeah, that jaws? yeah.
1: Iron jaws. Yeah, I was, um, I was quite happy with the the mission for me, obviously having the two, great and clean ones. It's quite nice, and um, if you can get them on them, they're quite hard to shift. So that was the that was plan A. Really, was to just focus on two of them and just, um, see how it went. So his his list he had uh, Mega Boss and Maw Crusher. So that's that's quite a nasty thing to, I need to yeah. remove that quite quickly. Um indeed he had ethereal th- amulet on there, so a nice little boost for the for the pressure I think. I'm immune to rend basically, isn't it? Ethereal th- amulet. Yeah it
2: is, yeah. Uh, well um, immune to on the same. Fires.
1: Okay. He had uh, a war charter, a weird knob, uh twenty yard boys, uh two units of five brutes, three gore grunters and actually two two threes of gore grunters, and he had Iron Fist and um, the Blood Tooths formation. Uh, sort of super formation from the second handbook, I think it is, isn't it? Um, yes. Which comes with the the realm gate, <laughs> which kind of just gets dropped on the table, and that makes him, I think, plus two brave.
2: Plus two brave for the entire army. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So a nice, nice, nice boost definitely for Iron Jaws. Also um, loves
2: the one drop, which is the, I think the more beneficial of. Uh, yeah, she does.
1: Is it the whole army? He, he didn't play as a one-drop against me, but maybe he, he could have. You can it. normally,
2: yeah, you can drop, because yeah. uh, everything but the Fungoid Shaman is Oh, that's true. It's in draws.
1: That's true, he had, he had the Fungoid Shaman. So this was my third Destruction opponent out of four <laughs> games, and all three had the Fungoid in there as well, so <laughs> he's definitely popular. I guess he's a cheap wizard, isn't he? So, so this was uh, an Era Maelstrom in there as well, just looking at his list. so That, that never made an appearance against me. Um but this was uh, obviously him he had lower drops than me, he took first turn and pushed his um more crusher straight up the middle on top of that central objective. Um he had I think is supported by the big unit of our boys and unit of brutes up there and on the other on my right hand side he pushed forward his, his other brutes um toward and that's where I had my great and clean one in Rotogus kind of up was was those two objectives. So that was the obviously the battleground. Um, I I had my flies central ready to get buffed up. So their their target number one was the was the more crusher. Um, and so coming to my turn, um I I got everything kind of worked again. I got I got the right uh I got the movement on the wheel, I got the I got the spells off onto the flies, so plus one damage, um maybe I think that might have been it. But along with the command ability. So if I can get my plus two attack, my plus one damage, I'm, I'm quite happy. Um and that, they got sent into the into the Maul Crusher and took care of him pretty efficiently. <laughs> so that was uh, a that, that was you know a big moment in the game. Get, getting him off the central objective. Um and although they got swarmed around by all the boys and five of the uh, one unit of five Brutes so they, you know, they did a, they did a bit of damage to the flies, but eventually ground them off. With uh, I think I got my Blight kings in there, and the and came in towards the end and just ta- tagged on to the corner of one of the units. And he's he's pretty nasty in combat, actually. He's one of the few times when you get the buffs off, like the plus one to wound either from the wheel or um, from the spell, the actually spell. I actually heard myself saying twos and twos. Which is quite unusual for an Ergo player to be saying that, and he's quite high end actually, Rotacus as well. So he's not you know multi damage attacks as well. So he's he's pretty nasty. Um, so that took care of the centre. Meanwhile, on the on my right hand side, I'd, I'd sent the Great and Clean one in with you know a unit of Blake King's to, although he didn't have the objective with a, the hero, they were they were kind of lagging behind. The, the brutes were there, and I was I, thought, I was a little bit worried about them actually because if they if they roll well, I thought they could put a big dent in the Great and Clean one in. You know, if I don't roll well in my healing, then I might not last a second turn against them. So they were important to get off um, the objective, and well, my my great and was already on the objective. But they, I wanted to get them off quickly. So actually, it all went very well for me. But, um, and long story short, I ended up basically taking the whole army off um, with about maybe forty five minutes to go. So it was you know quite a, for for me quite a quick game. My my games tend to go. Um, usually two, two and a half hours. So it was, it was nice to get another big win. So that was me back to two major wins, two major losses.
0: Good show. And what about yourself, Liam? You had uh, what did you have going into uh, this? You, were, you had Archeon, didn't you? So uh,
2: John Bellis had uh, Zinch. Uh, no formations in his list. He had uh, Archeon as general. Uh, he then had uh, Kairos. Uh, Demon Prince of uh, Zinch. Uh, Gaunt the Summoner, uh, which had the Paradox of Mal's Shield. He then had uh, two units of ten pinks, a unit of ten blues, a unit of ten acolytes, and I believe that was it. He had obviously a big summoning box of stuff uh, with him. Uh, was three places of power, which uh, I was seven drops to his eight, so unfortunately I knew I was quite confident going into the game after over the... uh, We obviously found out our matchups on the evening of the Saturday, so I kind of, in my head, had a thought of how I could just strongly win this mission. Uh, So it's... My deployment was literally deployed Nagash in the middle, uh, my Guardian of Souls on one side, Necromancer on the other, Skeletons went in the ground, so did the Grimgasts, my Teens and Dogs went around my Guardian of Souls. My idea was literally just to run all my heroes onto objectives was to summon the Grimgasts around the gash and then summon the skeletons around the Necromancer. And it came up in turn two uh, of our game that there was obviously a a comp in place by, or a (laughs) modification uh, in place by uh, the pack that models, if models are in base-to-base contact, uh, they block line-of-sight for uh, attacks to models behind them so he couldn't if you need a line of sight for something, you wouldn't be able to gain it if obviously something was the same height as the skeletons. So unless he was obviously taller. Uh, so I was lucky enough to have my skeletons around Necromancer, which meant he just actually couldn't shoot my Necromancer because uh, obviously none of his models were taller uh, than the... Ne- the skeletons were taller than the Necromancer, so he would never obviously see over them without a really tall model, which you didn't have access to. Uh, and then from there, I, so I got like all my spells off Term 1, we were obviously uh, there was a little narrative in place of how much spells you're doing. I've obviously not mentioned it yet, and uh, calculating how much spells your general cast. So at the point from day one, I was on 96 successful casts of spells on the gash. Uh,
3: That's fucking can... bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you after last year? <laughs> Didn't yeah, you? Yeah, uh, you did more you, than You me. won it last year. Yeah, but really? I think I only got like 30 or something. Yeah, 30, so I was like, I Didn't take the
2: gash, did <laughs> it? Everybody, a few people played to the narratives. So I think uh, that's why uh, I think Paul Whitehead took his uh, orange Conus list. He was going for most Baymos, which I think he'd been aiming for the last three years for.
0: Yeah, he's been one uh, like.
2: And then you had a couple, of, like obviously I think uh, Adam Turner's having the Branch Wraith as his general just sit at the back of the board to take no wounds was another one. Uh, do most damage uh, and John Bayless was a lead with that with Archeon. I think he was at a stupid amount of wounds. I think it was 100 and something at this point yeah. on day two. Uh, yeah, he
0: was more, I think.
2: He was just, um, again... All the figures. Yeah, Archeon was just yeah. dominating, just killing things uh, left, right and centre. I think he had, he had a really obvious first good day on three major wins as well. He was... Uh, so he took... And he obviously got the second part of turn two. I was obviously then arranged to block every spell and he didn't get one off even with like kairos doubling on his sixes so i think he got a spell obviously on a 12th with him and i was still lucky enough in the gash to block uh, i was on a 10 i blocked on a 10 which was a 13 because of the uh his ability so he just got no magic off of me turn one uh he then obviously tried to charge into the Grim Gasts and uh he charged, charged carrier us into the Skeletons, just obviously trying to deplete them, but obviously, with all the shooting on them as well, he took off quite a, uh, took about 11 off of the shooting between the Caracalites and the hodders. Uh, unfortunately, my Guardian of Souls, I failed a lot of saves on the Demon Prince. The Demon Prince walked up and just smacked him on the head and took him off, so he was he was on the far objective the Guardian of Souls, he took that one, uh, but from there on, it was just, I dominated on all the objectives, he just couldn't he couldn't shift Nagash and he couldn't, because uh, of the way I blocked uh, the grim gas on him. They have the 32 inch base. Even though they were in base contact, circling Nagash, I would have still blocked the one inch Slayer King sword, which he just obviously was never in range of. Uh, his desk nice were quite poor. He got a five, two fours, two, a f- uh, three, I think it was three twos and two ones. So he just had literally nothing to dominate there And If he got a couple of sixes there, I would obviously have felt in a bit of a worse place. For obviously Archeon trying to slay the Kings and the Gash off, but uh, it was just dominating from there because obviously he couldn't see the Necromancer with any of his shooting attacks, so he couldn't remove him from the objective because, again, he had a bubble of skeletons within blocking a three-inch radius of him so he couldn't get into uh, combat either. And then did, I just uh, stopped
3: Did summoning points on. come into it? Like, did you no. give him a lot of summoning points with the Gash? Uh,
2: yeah, he got the full, obviously. Uh, I think at the end of our game... I was on thirty six because I failed a few on him.
3: So he could have summoned the Lord of Change.
2: He could um, have, uh, but yeah, at the point that was obviously by that would have been on turn. Yeah,
0: in the relevant uh, turn.
2: Yeah, yeah, it would have just not been too late to do anything.
0: So yeah, uh, going into that game, um, Archeon had had, had done a hundred and sixty wounds in in hand to hand combat. So there you go. <laughs> He's a machine.
2: He, just, uh, he, seemed, he couldn't shift the grim Gas out there again, just being able to have that Ren safe. No. I uh, had uh, them being minus one to hit, which Archeon doesn't really like. Uh, so you just struggled to actually shift them. He killed like nine of them. He got the double turn and two, removed even more of them. But when, obviously, it came to my turn, I was just able to add them back on even more into combat with Archeon. And then with Van Hels and... Uh, on the grim gas, I was able to just uh, pile and attack twice and take Archeon off, uh, do enough damage.
0: Yeah, um, no, it yeah. was a it was a lot more comprehensive than I thought, and it was a yeah bit of an eye opener seeing Archeon uh, knocked down.
2: In the end, I got two thousand. I uh, got everything two thousand points and kill points, and I only lost two hundred sixty, which was the Garden of souls. And again, the two units of dogs, which, except for my game with uh, Adam, I just obviously had quite a strong uh, lack of kill points given away uh, from the death army. Just quite hard to shift them. With the army being completely immune to shock as well, you just, if you can't shift a unit in a full one combat, you normally won't, unless you can double turn them. mm
0: mm-hmm. Okay, so before we go on to Liam's last game, where he obviously was on the four majors, staying on his, his uh, death themed top table, uh, Scott, you went into the last game, which was Escalation. Again, a good old general's hand, but 1 1. And you had Destruction again, didn't you?
1: I did. I did. Um, this was my fourth Destruction opponent, and my fourth uh, um, Fungoid Cave Shaving again in the list. So. Um, but a bit of theme here. I was mopping up destruction players, so this was this was Duffy and his his Moon Clan Grotts allegiance, um, basically Squig army, which is really cool. Um, so I've played against a whole bunch of spiders. I'm now playing against a whole bunch of squigs. He had uh, uh, cave shaman was the general. He then had a, a, a Grot war boss <coughs> who was on a, a giant squig. He had a, a Moon Clan Grot shaman. Um, and then his his army was just uh, three units of fifteen cave squigs for his for his battle line. There was uh, one, two, three, four, five units of two uh, herders. He had two manglers uh, and a colossal squig uh, and a squid gobba as well. So lots of cool models on the table. Really, really uh, mad little army. Um, but I think what went against him in this was the was the mission. So escalation. The first handbook is the one where you have your tiers of deployment, um, where your battle line can go um, up to the nine-inch line from the from the diagonal. Um, but what screws him is that his behemoths have to go further back, and his artillery as well. So, it, it, I think the biggest thing was it's it's split up the herders from the from the units of the cave squigs, which um, obviously they help out with. Um, I'm not sure exactly is it shot they help it with, but they help it with a few things. They got to be buffs they in there.
2: fixed their dice on movement as well. I think they can alter that.
1: Yeah, so it's. It, it, I don't think he was that confident um, on deployment. Actually, he, he had a giant as well. I forgot to mention that. That's the last thing in the list. So he had lots of quite a few big models. I was I was a little bit worried about some of this. I wasn't sure um, maybe what it all did. Uh, it's, it's quite an unusual list. I uh, knew manglers could be quite nasty, quite quite spiky output and damage. Um, the giant squig, I didn't really have much of an idea. It, it, it was random movement, obviously, so you're like, OK, let's just see what happens here. Um, so um, it, it, it actually went really well for me. So I've got the usual sort of setup, flies in the middle. Um, I think I had the one unit of 30, the, the, the unit of 30 plague bearers on my left-hand flank, so they, they were going to go for the left-hand objective. and. Blight Kings in the middle, along with the flies and the other Blight Kings on the right hand side, just kind of fairly remotely placed, just to try and claim that that, that right hand objective and see see how they get on. Um just supporting in the middle, and yeah, just went for it. So got the flies buffed up, uh, kind of usual tactics, sent them in. Um, the <laughs> the real stars, I think, of this this battle with the three nurglings, So they they popped up as the Usually do, unless I forget, which I've only done once actually in this in this tournament And I think it's the only time I've done it um, ever, to be honest It's unusual for me, but the, the, they pop up at the end of the first turn Movement phase in a piece of terrain And they managed to get in. it was in the backfield And they got into the giant, his, his uh, ale guzzler, Gargant And tied him up for the whole game and eventually killed him I think turn four or something So <laughs> It was fantastic <laughs> Great little yeah. battle going on there um, But this this went well for me So the, the, the In the centre he had one of his units Of squigs But I got the, the blight kings and the flies into them So they didn't They were getting destroyed pretty quickly He sent in the giant uh, so sort of The colossal squig and one of the manglers Into the centre as well um, So a little, little bit concerned But I don't think he ruled very well his attacks, so the the Flies kind of took that and allowed the, the Blight Kings and, and the Great and Green one to kind of get in support so just kind of taking care of the centre, meanwhile on the left objective, my left, he had he set his other man going into the Plague Bearers so again it was like, mm, not sure how this might go, hopefully I can hold and just grind it off, um, which is basically what happened, but he, he did get me down to my last, I think, two or three models in the unit of 30 and I never once rolled one on my Battleshock all weekend to get any <laughs> plague bearers back, so um, but what I did do finally in this game was manage to get a unit of 20 plague bearers on the board through summoning who helped kind of just tie that up as to be honest, it was kind of game over for the for that mangler anyway at that point, but the the 20 plague bearers came in to support their buddies and um, sort of just guaranteed that objective and meanwhile on the right hand side the, the Blight Kings had done a a grand job! I think it was Mister Objective as well, which kind of helped them have a uh, actually have a, an extra save for once, so that they they took care of one of his units of cave squigs that had gone over there to try and take care of it. So um, yeah, so it really swung my way, and then just pushed forward and tried to get maximum points. So the I was never going to get the squid goblet at the back; it was it was just tucked in the corner. Um, but I think I got pretty much everything else in the end, including the. Um, the fungoid, and the the, the warboss on the Squig. I think I think am sure I got both of them in the end. And of course the, as I said, the Nurgle took care of the, of the giant. So um, ended up being a major win to me. So again the my my three majors were were all quite big in terms of victory points. Um, yeah. and, my, and my two major losses were <laughs> the, the other way around. So it was very much a sort of binary. Um, Tournament for me, big wins or big losses in the end. So I'm delighted to get three
0: wins. You finished 2,480 kill points in the in the black. So yeah. 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 Absolutely bad. Unusual for Nurgle, four destruction players really helps. Um, yeah, well, the destruction lot, as I say, were fairly low down. Um, yeah. They finished pretty low. I mean, apart from uh, two of the ones that you played, um, Duffy there at the end. With his Squig army and yeah. with his uh, Spider bank, you know they did all right. Uh, and if if Duffy had have, have beat you, he'd have probably been top ten as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a a decent a decent standing. So you finished the event on thirteenth, am I right? Was it about thirteenth?
1: Yeah, I think it was thirteenth
0: in the end. Yep, yep. So yeah, right. pretty good out of the forty-two. And then going into the last game, Adam, uh, Adam, Liam, <laughs> uh, you basically, you had you were the only person on four majors. So the position we were in when it came to the draw was uh, Liam was on four majors. We had two people on three majors and a minor, um, which was Lee and Lee Martin with his daughters and Steve Sanderson with his um, Zinch. And then we had a, a group of four or five people, um, which were on a couple of points further down, probably three majors, it, it probably was, or two majors, two minor, however it works. And without going back through the, the stats, I can't quite get it. But so the way it was always going to be was because we did um, the draw on pure Swiss, we'd had a discussion about it beforehand. And rather than rank things by kill points and you get matched against them, it was just on your, uh, your your battle points for for each round. Um, Basically 20 for a major, 14 for a a minor, 10 for a draw, 6 for a minor loss, and 0 for a major loss. Um, And then everybody on the same amount of battle points um, than you um, were paired off randomly. Um, But the way it, it came was that because there was one on 80 and then two below, those two below one was going to end up playing Liam out of Lee and Steve, and the other one was going to end up playing somebody from uh, the group of four or five that was sat below. So the way it worked out was that Liam drew Lee Martin and his um, daughters, and Steve, who was the other person on three majors and a minor, uh, drew Mike Callahan and his Stormcast. So going into the last game, how did this go for you then, Liam?
2: Oh, definitely the hardest game of the weekend. Uh, daughters of Cain seem to just be my like kryptonite. I just seem to not be able to uh, get the job done. Uh, the game was escalation. Uh, I definitely feel a hard mission for my army, uh, forcing the gas so far back on the board. It's like you say, splitting up your uh, your combos and that, your heroes being a bit further from your units as well. Obviously, you can't have your, your battle line further back, but my skeletons being moving 4 inches, you just, you'll never reach the objectives until like turn 3 or 4 if you did that. Uh, it was, I gave lead turn 1, again I deployed uh, lower drops, I, I find 7 as uh, spoken about before I think 6, 7 is probably the best drops to have for like a uh, death army just because you get the, normally you get the option against the more like Daughters of Cain Stormcasts and that, you normally get the the option of going first or second. And like you say, you get to, I normally take second because you get to react to what your opponent does. Uh, obviously, if they alpha you uh, and, and such. Uh, it was quite, uh, he had obviously King, he had Marathi, he had a so- uh, Slaughter Queen on foot as his general. He had a uh, Sorceress as an ally, which had obviously his, inf- uh, his Infernal Blade spell on her. He had then Omarathi you had the uh, minus one to hit spell on the caster from the realm of fire. He had then a block of thirty uh witch elves, another block of thirty witch elves and the unit of ten witch elves. The unit of ten had bucklers, the other two units had paid and knives. He had two death hags, a unit of canary heart renders, and a unit of twenty uh
3: blood
2: sisters? Is that right? The snakes. Yeah, twenty uh, combat snakes.
3: Yeah blood sisters.
2: What's this Um So it was, he was deployed, obviously dominant and in, in on the board. I gave him first because I knew I couldn't alpha him. I couldn't get across the board quick enough uh, with the gash and that to obviously put didn't in his army. Uh, he then just moved everything forward. Uh, he failed the charge with. either had a unit five dogs quite close to the far uh, right objective on my side, so I wanted to deploy in the triangle would be the uh, top corner. He then Charged them, tried charging them, and uh, failed the charge. Uh, I put the grim gas in the ground because I felt being 18 inches back was just too harsh for them to obviously move and then try and get a charge. So I put them in the ground. Uh, turn one, I got my magic off, got the portal off, and things like that. put overwhelming dread on uh, a unit, of, uh, to, uh, which I was just obviously, if obviously I was going to take the hit, obviously uh, mitigate the hit a bit and from also putting the uh, minus one to hit on my skeletons, which just obviously, again, to just make them really hard for his army to hit. I uh, just moved everything forward. Again, used the skeletons as a shield. I chucked the dogs onto that top objective, uh, just obviously for on turn two being able to hold it, or because he had no models in range, I would automatically, he would have to actually come and fight me to get hold of it. Uh, the grim Gas came up, and I was very lucky turn one to, uh, I needed a nine to charge, obviously, unit 10, which I was, was lucky enough to roll a 10 with them, uh, charging them forward. Same with the... I failed it with the Skeletons. Uh, just obviously they weren't then in range to uh, get the charge. But obviously the Grimgas went in and just obviously obliterated that unit of uh, 10, uh, which is rolled for turn two. I got the turn. Uh, Lee obviously was thought there that that was game. Uh, I was unfortunate just how my Skeletons went into his sisters, his blood sisters, and... Witch Elves, the split just I didn't do enough damage on the Blood Sisters uh, to remove them or do enough of a dint in them that they wouldn't do so much damage back and the gash went into the corner of them as well and used the dogs to kind of wall off uh, his Witch Elves from obviously being able to uh, his other block of 30 to be able to charge into the side of the gash, obviously they'd have to hit the sket of the dogs first and then I'd get to swing at them That they weren't, weren't in range for a Witch Brew at that point so I would have been able to uh, obviously take them off uh, quite quickly, because like you say, without I mean a shock, there, it's quite hard. I tried, obviously, in turn two to uh, spell portal, tried to hand dust through a portal his Slaughter Queen off, just to get rid of the ability to pile and attack in the hero phase. I was unfortunately not able to he chose the right hand uh, so obviously she didn't die, which I think was quite costly for me not killing her, because that would have obviously just removed how much damage the Morathi and the Blood Sisters did, obviously on the uh, his, his turn two. Uh, he moved quite a lot of Skeletons from his attacks uh, from Wrath that. Against the Skeletons, I lost about easily 18 or something, that combat phase between the sisters and that. There's a couple of combos. Uh, there's a couple of things. I, uh, he chose the wrong order of combat, but I obviously I was happy for him to take it back uh, and obviously choose an alternative order just because I didn't want to, obviously, uh, win there by him making a mistake sort of thing, uh, just on that sort of. So then that Probably, at the end of the day, costed me the game. Uh, turn four was where we finished. Uh, I measured out... I poorly measured out uh, how far... My, he pretty much... He got the double turn into three. He took off the gash with 100 attacks from a unit of uh, Witch Elves. He then Damn. deleted the skeletons. Del- uh, the Grimgrass had, like, three or four left on uh, the start of my turn... Well, my turn four, which was the second half. He... Uh, Obviously tried to remove them. I would flee them out of combat to get them the middle objective. I was quite up on objectives until the turn double turn against me. Uh, I also read how you get objectives slightly wrong. I thought models could never claim more than one objective, but they could only claim once per turn. So the same models could claim two objectives, but just not on the same turn, which I obviously read poorly uh so obviously that when uh, when obviously he got the 30 which I was over i was I was thinking in my head that he couldn't hold the middle objective with them, but uh, uh looking at the rule, he can actually do that, which is uh again even more powerful for armies that can uh, spread themselves out. He then got to that point, so then I had again i says i, I measured a caught a a measurement wrong for my gardener souls, I measured it as twenty inches. Uh, from him to the objective that he'd left and I measured it in my head and I was like I need to move then run it and then use my spell to move and then move and run at six which would have been uh, 18 inches but I forgot to then I, I in my head thought I didn't have the distance to get within six obviously uh poorly doing that I then ended the game there we were drawn objectives uh Obviously shaking his hand, uh, I shook it, as I've written down here, I've shook his hand too early uh, and got to the draw, which obviously he got the minor loss. Uh, I got the minor loss from that because obviously he killed like pretty much my entire army uh, and I'd only killed, I think, one unit of 10, which else? Because it's just so hard to shift. Uh, the unit of 30 that I charged with the Grimgast, he had one left, which then on his turn he just retreated out and uh, luckily I didn't get that. Uh, again them being immune to battle shop just protects them so well uh, but yeah definitely from I've got to before obviously shaking that hand in the future definitely check all my uh, options and double check everything before doing that which then uh, gave me the minor loss we, we were working out cause Steve and Michael finishing their game I was working out that, that game obviously then I was like how, we're working out if it costed me the event uh, which uh, Unfortunately, when we get to results. Uh, you'll find out. It's
0: used to. Yeah, so um, there we go. So it was uh, it was quite quite close. Um, and then looking at the the top group of players, um, I mean, it's dominated by order of the top ten. Um, there's uh, a couple of deaths in there. There's a uh, David Nemethy we spoke about earlier on sixth. In fifth place, we had. Uh, Richard Smith and his uh, Spider Fang Army. Uh, fourth was Adam Turner, um, which was, uh, again, was the Sylvaneth that we spoke about, the Free Spirits. Uh, third place was Lee, um, with his daughters. Um, and then in second, um, was yourself, Liam, with uh, death by one point. Um, one point ahead of you there was Steve with his um, with Zinch, who... Went through the event, um, he played five order armies, he went up against uh, Kev's, wearing the badge of shame, his mixed order list, he then went against Chris's, uh, Silvaneth, then he went against Paul Whitehead's, Order, order Draconis, uh, then Phil McGuinness, I think he, did he have, Deepkin, Deepkin yeah, Yeah. Um, and then after that he had Mike and the Stormcast, and and yeah, there was one point in it at the end of the day, so, um, it was, uh, it snatched from you at the last, forever the bridesmaid, Ali. Eh, forever the
2: bridesmaid, yeah. <laughs> Seems to not be able to break that curse.
0: <laughs> ah, next time. But, as a, as a consolation, seeing as though you were, uh, you're so attached to that top table, you then went and won the star prize in the raffle, which was, uh, some dark, fantastic mills, Nagash themed scenery, so, um, I'm sure that won't be, find it in its way to eBay and it'll be sitting bag of place on your uh, table <laughs> so no uh you you played well you did good um and it was a real shame there at the end but um I think uh, when I spoke to Steve he was saying that you know even a draw, he couldn't have ca- caught you in any way um but yeah there you go. Uh, So how did you... Well, I don't know, uh, Nathan, you weren't there, so is there anything you want to ask about the event? Anything that you didn't pick up? Um, No,
3: I think I was doing my best to follow along from home. Uh, A little bit gutted that I wasn't there. Um, No, it uh, it seems like it was an amazing event. I think going into it, we obviously predicted more minor victories, and obviously there was a few at the top Mm. there, like obviously the top three people... Other than, well, in fact, even Liam yeah. ended up with the minor. Yeah. But yeah. Mike, I think it was what Mike and Lee and Steve all had a minor, either yeah. loss or win. But I think that uh, came down to the taken hold. Yeah. That I was looking at that mission again. It's completely different now. That it's just more models, because obviously mm. in General's Handbook one, it was a minimum of five and no enemy models within yeah. range. I think now it's just straight you hold it if you have more models than your opponent. So it's a completely different mission. Um, Now it seems like it was an awesome event.
0: Yeah, it was good. I mean, there's obviously improvements can be made. Um, It's uh, trying to keep it so that it's not straight out of the book. I've always tried to do that. Um, But with it getting so big and us now having rankings and things, there's one side of me thinking, well, should we just embrace it and call it a Scottish Open and, and make it pure out of the book and, and go for just size of the amount of people going and the numbers or do we try and keep it unique in its own way and it, it makes you look at tournament packs that everybody else has and I mean we'll maybe come on to those um shortly. But I mean what what do you guys think usually played in it? Um are there any key things that you'd like to see change? Do you think it's good as a semi-narrative thing or do you think because of the rankings points that are on offer we need to, I don't know, tighten it up a bit?
1: I, I, I'll, I'll, it's, it's nice to still have the slight spread amongst the events in terms of what they're about. Um, I think it might be slightly sad if all events were exactly the same. Um, I know yeah. that we've all got half an eye or three quarters of an eye on the the rankings table now. Um, for various reasons, for for masters, for just personal pride or <laughs> whatever <laughs> banter, or even for uh, you know qualifying for Six Nations or whatever you know you know that's that's still to be earned out as well. But it's, so it's it's nice to you know we're all competitive, we all want to win, but it's nice to have a little bit of flavour. I think um, you know that said, I didn't we didn't remember the <laughs> to play the certainly the winds. I tend to roll the winds table a lot this weekend or last weekend <laughs> and and. You know, we didn't remember every single turn, but to be honest, I don't think it changed much um, in my yeah. games. Um, but that was, you know, it's a nice thing to have. the The things that caught Liam out didn't really catch me out uh, in my game, so you know, I, I don't think a comment about that about the, your your individual tailoring of the of the objective holding and things. I oh, no, It was line of sight, wasn't it? And
0: yeah, it's something I always add in since before we had general handbook yeah. and things, and it's. Yeah, Um something that's stuck with me. Maybe it's not necessary, it's just I always found it that the rules say that you can't shoot through um, intervening models, even if they're friendly, unless they're part of the same unit. And to me, you know, some models, I think that the base size is relevant And I do still think, generally, I don't play shooting armies. So um, to me, maybe I'm a bit biased when I look at it. But when I look at ranks and ranks of people and then they can see, I don't know, through somebody's legs and then under another guy's arm and past two of their other friends and they can still see an enemy in the distance and manage to shoot them, I, I kind of think, well, you know, soldiers are not static, they move about a bit. So I always had this arbitrary sort of, Cylinder, if you like, that came up from the base to the head uh, and that blocked line of sight just to represent a moving, but I don't know, maybe it's not necessary. It's just something that stuck the misses before I think General's Ambok. What we picked up on
1: when AOS 2 came out is they had tweaked the rules slightly on line of sight for, for shooting and attacking, um, where I don't know, I've, got, I've not got it in front of me, but it was on, on lines of. If, so the unit can be in range But models That are out with range Can potentially still shoot Because they Although well, they don't have Line of sight to the models that are in range of them They've got line of sight to the unit But they're not part of the They're not specifically the models that are in range In the unit, if you know what I'm saying mm. Where it was a little bit the wording was slightly different before Where I think it did say models have to be within range To attack um, but you know that's <clears throat> that's never. I don't think it's really been picked up on. I don't know if, if people know about it or are playing it or not. But it's something that we sort of picked up. But it seems a bit kind of I don't know counterintuitive maybe me. But it doesn't seem to come up a lot anyway. So.
3: I personally like the shooting rules that you play with, Stu. Um yeah. I said it after the first Northern invasion. I went to the one last year. Like. I think you either play the game in two different ways where you'll argue that something's not in line of sight till you're blue in the face or you'll just say everything's in line of sight unless there's some big giant bit of scenery. Otherwise you'll never get a game done. So I like the fact that it's an actual rule yeah. that you can play with rather than having to get down to table level and decide yeah. whether or not the model can see or
0: yeah. And I, then you I get people, com- people convert in the models and then remember naming no names or anything, but there was quite a prominent one on uh Twitter a couple of years back with the Star Drake that swing was modeled low down so that a caster <laughs> could be hidden behind it, you know, and these things happen. Right. <laughs> and the thing is, I mean, do you I mean, you're opening it to people to convert things and, you know, how many times do you see we even had it with the best army there at Northern Invasion where vampire lawns are mounted on crypts and things and I mean, realistically, should that. I mean, to me, the base is what's blocking uh, rather than what you want to do to theme your, your actual base. If you if you stick something on a, a flying stand, do you then lose all line of sight just because you've tried to model something nice? So, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I like the hard and fast, but equally, some people. I mean, I, I think that John, um, unfortunately, in his game against Liam, um, fell foul a bit twice there because uh, he didn't have anybody <laughs> that could see over the skeleton's heads to shoot. He should have brought skyfires. that's what everyone else he does. <laughs> see, so. um, and then when it came to casting, he could actually see with Archeon because he was tall enough to see over. But, you know, equally, that's if it needs line of sight, it needs line of sight. So. Um, yeah, well, I fell foul of it myself, parking Festus
1: behind the Great and Clean one, so A, he can't be killed for sure. Yeah. But then, when you want to cast something in these line of sight, which Blade Exactly, does,
0: it goes both ways, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So then, you know... And it's kind of thematic, a big, fat, great, and clean
0: one blocking the line of sight, so... Yeah. 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 No. Oh, well, so so that was all right. I mean, we had... I don't know about yourself, what do you think, Liam, about other things, or this, or pack in general? Yeah. The pack in general is
2: fine, uh, as I said, before the spells came out. I felt that there'd be a strong advantage of people playing with, well, Infernal Blades, which seems to just be a overpowered spell. Even out of that, even just being played in the Realm of Fire, it feels just very powerful. Yeah. Uh, than what it should be, I feel that, I don't know what they could do to it, to alter it, I don't know if they will in January. Maybe yeah. alter it to like a wound roll of a six or more, does double damage or something,
0: but is it's it a six to cast sense. as well. Yeah, so, yeah It is, yeah. isn't it? I mean but then even if you put it higher, if you've got someone like Arcan on a gash or somebody that gets in good inherent bonuses to cast their own. It just inherent. means
2: the armies that get the bonus can do it easily while the armies that don't have to struggle.
0: Yeah.
2: Or it should maybe just be on the caster. Mm. Like a lot yeah. of the spells actually are they say caster only, quite a few of them. Uh, within the realms. Like, Ethereal Guide and Death has the plus one to hit for the caster. You have the one in Fire, which makes you minus one to hit on the caster. Yeah. Things like that. Each realm seems to have a spell that targets caster. Maybe Infernal Blades, maybe just has to go that way, or...
3: Yeah. yeah. Like, if you look at it, uh, like, for something like Iron Jaws, it's really, really good for Iron Jaws. It kind of brings them up a little bit, but then if you give a Daughters of Cain army the exact same access, for example, or Uh, Zinch with Xylor Or or skeletons yeah, That already get tons and tons and tons of attacks It Mm. just makes them far too strong Um, Yes, I think the spell either needs to change completely Or go out of uh, play personally Or just make it so that you don't know What realm you're going to play in Until the event itself Mm. Or just before Because if you can plan with that in mind It's just crazy the kind of things you can do
0: well, I was speaking to Adam about that Adam Turner who runs Aegon, and what he's thinking at the moment for Aegon is that um, basically all bets are off, and um, you know how it's like where the, I mean, lists are handed in on the day there. But the way he sees it is that they're gonna when they roll for a mission, they'll roll for a realm, and you'll only go to each realm once, and yeah. uh, they'll maybe have to make a ruling at the beginning about woods or monsters but if i know adam he'll just say well if you've not brought a wood or a monster you don't use it and if you have you do um so i mean if it's going to be out the book i suppose it'll run it that way and that might be one of the only ways you can really i don't know balance it in the i
2: believe that's what blood and glory are doing i think they're just straight out of the book
0: yeah Yeah. like even with the
2: monster table it will be there you'll get the free monster
0: yeah, because uh, then you're not you're not picking your your army specifically for the realm it's going to be in. Because, I mean, if you, if you do that, I suppose everybody has the choice. It's like with this one. Um, we say it's a, a bit broken that people could take Inferno braids, but it was open to everyone. Granted, it's hmm. more of an advantage to some than others. And then I think um Steve, who won. I mean, maybe um we'll go through the top three lists or something later on and talk about how they worked, but. You say there that it, it's an advantage for Sangors, Nathan, and, you know, uh, Steve had a, a a unit of 30 Sangors there that were being buffed with Inferno Blades and um, uh, Stoke Rage, which was making them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's some punch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they'd be
3: hitting on fours with the Great Weapons having... Five, four attacks each. Yeah, four, four attacks each. Uh, the leader would be hit on threes, and then they'd be wounding on twos with rend one, damage three.
0: Yeah, It's, it's just failed. nuts.
3: Yeah, it kills anything in the game. I can't think of any other unit, actually. Like, even the beaks, but, they get beak attacks as well, so the beaks would be hit with two damage. But if you build even more,
2: it, you could build it around the formation list and pile an attack as well, twice yeah. as well. There's even ways you could have made that worse by if he had, I don't know if he has the ad, obviously the options of the Cabal stuff, but that's what I would have went for if you were going to... If you were it's... to take something to break it, like you say, you... Yeah.
0: It's a strong combo for a lot of things. I imagine that on a unit of 10 Hex Race even, doing the Mortal yeah. Wounds on 5s and... Spirit Hosts. Yeah, and yeah, I mean Spirit Hosts, it's going to be pretty nasty. So, I don't know, we'll talk through the the different lists later, oh, nice. but I mean, I probably wouldn't do things the same way again. Um about the spells. I think it worked alright. It still gave a flavour of the realms and I think it did allow people to theme their armies. Um, But maybe it wasn't the best way of doing it, so I'll reconsider it for next year. Same as I will with the Warlords narratives. I had a bit of a chat in the hotel afterwards with a few of the guys about how they could uh, maybe be toned down a little bit so it's not just a runaway like yourself. I mean, how many did you cast in the end spells there, was it? 150 in the end. Yeah, 96 on day one, and really, 54 Jesus on day two. It was really just
1: best in the gash competition, wasn't it? So
0: well, and um, to be honest, wh- whoever played the gash
1: the fastest, the other
0: the was nowhere near. The what other gash was nowhere near. What mean, so he, he was only half played... 46 on day one, which was yeah. I mean, only half turn three. Yeah, I suppose that's. There's a problem. There's
2: a lot of the missions where it ended on turn three were major. I just played to turn for turn five win. I didn't play for the turn yes. three win.
0: Yeah, I mean you've
1: 'cause you cause you you played quick and efficiently, Liam, you know, it helps that certainly helped you out. Mm. Would Maybe you that,
2: like a lot of folk a lot of folk I think were playing just to win on turn three. I yeah. just yeah. obviously had it in my head that I was like, no, play for turn five, get the the forty spells out of Nagash in a game.
0: Yeah. How would you think of if we did those warlords narratives that I do so the Behemoth, the the beast killer one, most behemoths slayed the assassin, which is the most um, damage in close combat and uh, shooting phase. There's the least wounds suffered and then most spells. Even if we had it so that um, you could choose your warlord and it didn't have to be your general, but they couldn't be a behemoth or a unique character. That was one of the suggestions that was put forward by other players. Um, Or they just said that your general couldn't be one of those, but I didn't want to limit it so that your general couldn't be a behemoth or a unique character. Um, but giving people the option of, of naming a different hero in their army, uh, might be a bit different. I don't know. We'll maybe talk about it in the run yeah. up to the next one. Food for thought.
4: Yeah.
2: Maybe um, more, uh, maybe using the triumph system from the rules previously, kind of like if you're a warlord, slay the warlord sort of thing. Uh, slay a wizard and things like that would be maybe
0: a... Uh... Yeah, I'd quite like to do what they did in one of the narrative events that I saw um, and I read about was um, where you're almost if you achieve certain things you can develop your character during the games.
4: Yeah. I'd like uh, to yeah, do that. Yeah.
0: We'd have to do it with a pretty minor hero. Um... But is, that not, on... is that Blood and
1: Glory? Is that Steve Reigns' thing? There? Yeah, where he had little
0: stickers made and everything, didn't he? Where yeah. it, it adapted, and I love that sort of thing. But um, I'd have to think about it to keep it balanced, because one thing I went to once, I remember um, the day before, um, it was like a skirmish type thing, but it was before skirmish. And uh, what happened was if you went and turned up to the night before the event, your general from the night before was a free character you could take during the weekend. And you built up that character on the Friday night and tell you what my guy, I had this ogre um, man-eater, because uh, it only had to be a normal guy. And he was so tanky by the time we went to this event the, for the weekend that he, uh, it was a bit broken. <laughs> but There you go, anyway, food for thought. So it was quite a big one. It was the I suppose it's the biggest we've had so far this year. Um, it's probably the biggest we're going to have in the Northern Alliance for 2018, so it's going to have had an impact on the rankings, Scott. So go so on, do tell him. all. It's what people are. I'm going to have to timestamp it because people are going to want to skip to this point, <laughs> I'm sure. So let me have a quick look. Where are we up to? And I'll stick it in the notes so that people can see. So Scott, yeah, the uh, the, the rankings. This is what everybody's waiting for. Yes,
1: yes, yes. So. Um like you say, this was this was the biggest one of the year actually. Like um forty two players, two dare, so definitely um the biggest one so far. So <clears throat> first place at a grand total one hundred and thirty two point five two rankings points available to the winner. So yeah, big big yeah, prize on offer here. Yeah. Um so how's it affected? Um I can run through the top twenty, that's probably the best thing to do.
0: Yeah, uh, I know why it's not sixteen. I've got who's twenty. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so first thing to say, there's, there's now 140 <laughs> unique names on the on the spreadsheet of power. Um, so that's excellent. That's 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 yeah. kind of objective number one of the of the rankings was to get lots of names on there. Lots of people playing, um, but that's not why people are listening. So. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, we're going to run our Masters in December Start of December, 2nd and 3rd I think it is That weekend for the top 16 So places are hotting up now There's only two rankings events left um, Next month So yeah, we're in September now So October, there's Mike's Howling One Day event in Stirling Which is looking like it's, well, it's sold out now and I think he had 40 places there So it makes it almost 100 points in the rankings um, for a, for three there, you know that, that that's going to be a useful event for some, and then finishing with Agom and Kendall in early November, is it November? No, mid-November. Yeah. Right.
0: No, it's uh, third, 13th, is it? yeah. first. Is it? no, it's third of November. Third of November. Second
1: and third, yeah. So we'll we'll close it after then and, and, and invite everybody who's who's eligible. So yep, yeah, cracking on. So we'll, we'll we'll go down twenty places because not everyone from the top sixteen might. Might make it in or be able to come. I think for... a couple of them have said they
0: can, haven't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, for various real life reasons. So, uh, so we've got a new entry at number twenty. <laughs> yours truly.
0: Although, um,
3: effects. Effects. <laughs>
1: I've created <laughs> the entire system. Only, just
0: only just three over. events. Is this as well, Scott? What's going on? Oh, there? I know it's efficient.
1: So it's, it's it's a couple of two days in there. Um, and what's what's good for me is that my third score is. I'm going to both Howling and Acom, so if I can do reasonably well again with an goal, then it's going to hopefully push me into the top 16 properly. Good job. Um, so, what I've done here, i kind of got a little Top of the Pops uh, style. Um, <laughs> so, uh, actually, I went up 25 places here, so... Oh, that's, man. Uh,
0: that, that's that's what you can do. That, listen <laughs> to that, kids. Next year comes to Northern <laughs> Invasion. You too can <laughs> leapfrog many. <laughs>
1: I'm not actually the, I'm not actually the one that's climbed the most, believe it or not But um, yeah. we'll come to that So that's me, number 20, number 19 Down 8 places Graham Duffy nice. And his squig army Well, most of it's the squig army, I think So he's he's got 100, 167 points He's up 171 points Um, Down 2 places to number 18 His, his clubmate John Craig so he's on one hundred and seventy-four points. So it's quite close. These sort of bottom five or six, or in fact, yeah. slightly more um, places in the, in the top twenty. So plenty to play for. Um, I think
3: he's itching to get into the Masters, John. Yes, oh, definitely, he definitely yeah. is, and
1: he's he's going to Aegon So he's it's he can a shame his
0: army wasn't fully painted because it'd have been up an extra yeah. ten points. Yeah, places. Yeah,
1: yeah, he would have kept yeah. himself in the top sixteen proper then. But Oh definitely. Yeah, yeah. So that's number eighteen. Number seventeen. Up five places, another NERCO colleague of mine, Michael Hans. Oh,
2: super
3: how, did, Hans. how did that happen? <laughs> like, it's not fun, in <laughs> <maybe. laughs> Did
2: You turn up. That's that
3: yeah, right. that's
1: it. <laughs> he actually, he actually um, had a spreadsheet still open because you did it on strength schedule. Here yeah. Um, it's quite interesting. So I just quickly.
0: He had a really strong schedule, he played. He did, yeah. yeah he... He did. played Phil McGuinness first, then Andy Black, then Lee Martin, Dave Souter, Paul Whitehead. had really a tough
1: ones. Just sorting it quickly, uh, looking at strength. So, yeah, he was third in strength of, strength of schedule. Um, only Paul de Duca and Paul Whitehead was ahead of him there. But he was, yeah, he had a, a tough draw. Yeah. So it just shows you what you can do. So that was, uh, where are we? Back to the one here. So that's, Andy that's, takes the best-painted warlord as well. Yeah, he always does well in the painting It's good Um, So he's 17th into the top 60 proper then So up 5 places Paul DeDuca Lord Um, jobby face Lord jobby face (laughs) (laughs) So he switched to uh, Glorious Nurgle for this event as well um, Having run I think he was purely Skryer Yeah, he
3: he won my event uh, Warpath with uh, Skryer So he's been doing well this year
1: yeah, so he's he's in the mix. That's good to see. He's just come off the scene this year as well, I think. So um, we've got a non mover at fifteen. One of the Geordie lads, Martin Swafield oh, So he's I think on one hundred and eighty-six points. Night haunt, night haunt. This time not doing so well. Yeah. He was down my end neck of the woods most of the time. So um, above him at fourteen, one of his club mates, um, Graham Shirley, painted by G. So he's on one hundred and eighty-seven yeah. points from four events. Um, Doing well with his death. Uh, 13th place, down 4, Paul Whitehead. So he's slipping a little bit. I don't know if Paul's going to either Howling or Aegom, I'm not sure. I think think he's he's,
2: going. He was asking about Howling.
0: Yeah, he's he's going to Aegom. He is Um, going to Aegom, is he? Yeah, because Blood and Glory is the same weekend and his boy Luke's going to Blood and Glory and he's going to Aegom. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) So he he should be alright for top 16 then. Yeah. Um, now, this is the, the highest riser of the of the top 20, up 30 places. Number 12, Adam Turner.
0: Of only two. Two,
3: two events. events. <laughs> yeah, good. he's going to finish high. Well, well <laughs> is he going to the Howling? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, he could finish That's high. It.
0: Yeah, so he'll he'll have three events, three to, to choose from. They're very efficient. He's just he's showing us what like, what it's like. It came to we were at um, Northern Invasion last year, and we were in the uh, the pub with a couple of young lads who, who and I won't mention names who who'd not uh, been in the scene for that long, but um, we're doing really well. And they they just turned around and were like, "We don't know who you are. Did you did you did you used to play good or something?" And, uh, and Adam he was like. Ooh. And I think uh, penny dropped and he decided to bring out the A game for a for a season. So he's, uh, he's, uh, he's gonna come and show people how to do it. As long yeah. as we put it in the
3: Masters pack that you can't sing for I'm fine with it. <laughs> you can hear him from the other end of the hall yeah. singing Chelsea Dagger.
0: <laughs> Good stuff. Brings the buttons so, to the tournaments.
1: Yep. <laughs> so uh... Number eleven, young Adam Martin. He is up one place to eleventh, uh, two hundred eight points into the top ten now. Down six places. Oh, Stu. I'm going to stop running these tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so well, well played. You, you took, took your uh, took your hit there. Um, so you're on two hundred twenty points. Yeah, um, I think above... I need
0: to come. Do I need to come top twenty? Pretty much at the howling to improve my score. Is that what the maths says? Yeah. I think so. I think you're lowest up to
1: fifty odd points, so, yeah. so these are all based on your best three scores. Yeah. yeah. Ah, well, fair play. So you should be alright, you should be alright. Um above you, one place, number nine, down six, Nathan.
3: Two hundred
1: and twenty nine <laughs> points. So again, you missed the
0: the big one.
3: Yep, I shouldn't have got married in August <laughs>
0: Don't worry, I'm going to change it next year Tactical <laughs> <Good. laughs> tournament planning
1: um, Okay, number 8 up 2 is David Nemeth um, He's on 236 points so a good showing at Northern Invasion for, for him with gash, He's boosted yeah. him up a few places He should be fine for Masters as well
3: He's going to be happy that he's above Paul Whitehead
1: That was his mission, he kept saying to me I'm above Paul, am I above Paul? <clears throat> so that's his nemesis I think <laughs> um, and uh, number seven again, another quite big riser here, and somebody we don't see very often up thirteen places. And I'll try and get the name right. Well, it's it's easy to see Chris, Chris, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris Witkowski or Witkowski, um, one of the Polish guys. You're a really good boy.
0: He's a good. Yeah. He was a good lad to play. He's, he's, he's a great. He always runs Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's
3: plays yeah, bottom a, a and
0: He always it, plays it, with her. Yeah, <laughs> I with my wife would buy me here bloody plastic man. <laughs>
1: so he's on, uh, he's on 241 points um, Above him, 6th place Up 1 is Mike Callahan With
3: 255 Points It's a perfect opportunity to say Les Martin
1: <laughs> Son of Les Son of Les Yeah, um, He can't change his list check Because Les hasn't changed it yet So Anyway um, Top five now, so in fifth place, Lee Martin. He's up three places, so another solid performance from Lee. He's probably maxing out his points, pretty much. I don't know, unless yeah. he wins an event. Yeah, But he is coming to the next two, so possibly. Mm. Uh, fourth place, down two, John Bayless.
0: Are it, are, am I looking at this right? Uh, A Lee and John tied on score? They are exactly. Uh, John, John's oh. just above him because he's been to less events or something. Um, that's that's a nice way of putting it. It's purely a bit of actually. But... Ah, right, okay. Sorry, <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> so really, that makes
2: sense
0: for make less it. events, yeah. Makes less
1: yeah. events. For you. But that's uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks, you That's good. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, that's all right. This is where it happens.
1: You can introduce efficiency into it. Let's see. John's more <laughs> yeah. efficient. That's yes, right. That'll do. Um, so he's on. They're on board on two seven five rankings points. Um, top three. So a couple of. Geordie Invaders have made their way in here, unfortunately So in up two place. places Into third is Rich Hudspeth And his Spiders That's why He's on a 281 points Above him, the, our, our winner Of Northern Invasion, Steve Sanderson He's up four places So he's done pretty well With that win He's on 286 But still, still number one No, no moving Liam Three hundred and nineteen points so you're, you're quite a large buffer um, between you and number two and number three. So, unless one of them wins the next two events, you might you might have locked it down.
2: Again, okay, I can well if I win howling then again my score would just go up a bit again.
1: Well, yeah, that means you're winning. My boss is
2: like 80 something. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh. Never mind. Ignore <laughs> <know> that.
0: <laughs> so, so we basically last last episode we were talking about the potential for a war herd and a horde of puppies to make the masters. Yeah, how far away really, are they now? You should really how far in... Ian and Spadge? Let's see. So
1: Spadge, he's dropped the twenty ninth. Oh man. He's only got three events, so but mind you, I don't think he's coming to Aegon or who. No, is he coming is that, to
0: Howling? He's coming to Howling, yeah.
1: Okay, so he could. He's you not could got have to a, Aegon, no. you could have a late run there. Um, and Ian with his Warhard, uh, no, he's,
0: he's just on that bandwagon. He's seen the pictures it, and he felt <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll jump off it now. now that yeah, he will do, especially everybody else
3: starts doing it. <laughs> well, he was saying he's, that he is going to take the Battletoon army to Aegon it uh,
1: good man, good man. So he's a he's a at Howland as well. Yeah, he's, he's he's been at seven events. He's been at plenty of events this year. He's he's yeah. only so he's only a few places behind. Me. He's in twenty third. He's only one hundred and fifty four points. He's only 15, no, twelve points, eleven points behind me. So he's you know the the bottom uh, you know twenty onwards is is quite tight. Plenty, plenty of scope for movement there. So he's still the mix.
3: It would be great to see, see him at Masters. Yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. Absolutely,
1: another other other names just outside. So other other Agom Adam Rossin, uh He's just above Ian in twenty seconds. So he's pretty close.
0: It's a shame that he, he tried something new and it didn't quite work for him because I think he would have been if it had, if it had stuck with what he knew. I think he'd have been comfortable yeah. up there. Yeah, he was definitely going for a kind of semi-fluffy army, wasn't Mid-table yeah. army?
2: That's what he said yeah,
0: to me. Yeah, he, he embraced the semi-narrative. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was an army he wanted
1: to get on the table um, And just just While we're on it The yeah, three Rebreed lads are pretty close So Kev, Greg and Jamie are 24th, 25th and 27th So they're sniffing about as well
0: Okay Well it's looking good So also play far at the Howlin uh, Between the Howling And now though you've, You're all going away at face hammer, aren't you Yes Yes TV. So next, so next time we come on, um, we'll maybe do something just before the Howling, because the packs will be released and talk about how you do at Facehammer and what what that's all about. I'd enjoyed that.
1: That'd be pretty good. Yeah, it should be fun. There's a big event, hundred players. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of big English players as well. I GT. Yeah.
3: I think the biggest mm-hmm. tournament I've been to is about. Well, it was the one-day Northern Invasion last year, or a like 30 odd players. I think mm. that's like the biggest mm. tournament I've ever been to, so I'm looking I, forward
0: did, to it. Did they have 42 at Northern Invasion last year? 42. yeah. 42, yeah. yeah. That's not bad for a one-dayer either, is it? So, but a pretty good. a a 32 normally, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite nice. Yeah, EGOM's I, great. I I've EGOM. never been to a big, big independent one. Uh, I'd love to go to one. Um, I'd love to go to South Coast or to Face Summer or something. It's not fell at the right time for me, this one, uh, with holidays and work and things, but uh, I'd certainly yeah. like to go to one. I've, I think the only big ones I've been to have been at Warhammer World, and I do love going there, but, um, yeah, I'd like to go to an independent at some point. I, got,
1: I went to Heat 2 this year, and that was, in, I think, 90 in the end. Yeah. Um, but prior to that, the biggest independent I've been to was... In the eighth edition it was the old Sheffield Slaughter and it was the, it was back in the end times had just dropped, so it was just wild. It was I don't think it was a hundred people, but it wasn't far off it. But it was just madness. Mm-hmm. Did it was just you just filth
0: <laughs> Where did you come in the heat? Did you qualify for the final or?
1: No, I didn't. I had two wins. Um I can't remember my position there. I think I was down in probably just past halfway, I think, in the end. So no, unfortunately not.
0: I think the highest I've come, well, in recent times since iOS dropped, is sixty six down at Warhammer World. So yeah, <laughs> not pretty much. Um, but there you go. So what's the the packs like then? We've we've got, a, obviously, we've spoke about Northern Invasion, what worked, what didn't. Um, we've got the Howling coming up. And that's um, set. It's uh, it's realms up front, so we know what we're playing game 1, game 2 and game 3, the realms are set, the effects are set, um, the command traits are in play, the, all the spells and everything are in play, there's just no random rolling on the day. Once we submit our lists for that one, um, we're going to get the uh, the actual missions determined after that, so we can't uh, build our armies for that. How does face armor work? Is that similar, or is
2: it?
1: It's list
2: on the
3: day, is it? I think. List on the day, yeah.
0: There's
1: no lists getting getting released or reviewed or anything. It's all on the the day.
3: All the missions on the day. The realm that you play those missions on the day as well, uh, Mm -hmm. when they draw Um, the the round.
2: They've got a pre-done list of realm effects that could be in play. Each one would only be played once. No, uh, no spells for uh, no
0: Merlin sorcery, pretty much, which is
2: a shame. Missing out spells, art. I think.
0: Uh, Are they doing the artifacts right? though? Yeah, you get the artifacts yeah. normal as yeah. part yeah. of the. You story. get
3: the endless spells as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. There's just no uh, realm spell from Merlin sorcery. All
1: right. They haven't really said much about that, have they? I don't think why they've.
3: They haven't addressed it at all, mm-hmm. as far as I can see. They've addressed other things people have asked them about, like the summoning rules that they've got in the yeah. pack, where you can't recycle dead units, unless the rule specifies that you can replace right, the slain back, unit. Yeah. 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 So, they've, they've answered that, but I have not seen any comment on why they've decided to leave the realm spells out.
1: Yeah, I need to get some more plague bearers done up for that, I think. I only had ten in my box, so I was. Yeah, it sleeping. feels like a
2: weird ruling. That one as well, definitely. the uh, Bringing units back, it feels just like a money spending thing, rather than a I think it's probably a way of them trying to comp out mass summoning armies but I don't think I think way... they want
3: to deter it more than make people buy more stuff I think they just want to deter that kind of like they want a, I think looking at the pack uh, they want everybody's army to look really good that seems hmm. really important for them which I can admire but um, I can see why it's rubbing a lot of people up the the wrong way
1: yeah
2: it hasn't, uh, yeah, the uh, entirety of it. it doesn't affect me in any way. I just, uh, like you say, it just stops with, like, a Cess Laneish army, for example, infinite lawnmowers throughout an event. You know, I mean, if someone was summoning two to three a game, but they only had one model idea, I think that's just would deter that from happening. Same idea with Seraphon having, like, I uh, don't see it often now, but would you say, like, 27 Reprodactyls sort of thing over a an event, just by summoning from the engines of the Gods and things like that.
3: Yeah, because people were borrowing them off of their friends, so they were all based and painted differently, or they were recycling the units that were slain.
0: Yeah. I do yeah, like the idea
2: of cohesive. Cohesive is definitely Yeah, that definitely. I that,
0: that, that should be mandatory. Mm. Um, you lost points at Northern Invasion if it wasn't coherently based. Um, right, okay.
1: Um, of course, and the spells sort of slip in the middle there, don't they? they yeah, know? well, a couple of... still a bit debate on that. Well, well, they've not...
3: ruled on that as well. They've done it. It's either the same colour as your army's base rim or based in the same way. So if you've got black rims, then they can be a black base. Which, Which is what I've done. I, like, I just yeah. think
2: it just means you can use it in more than one army. I, would, I wouldn't have exactly. to want to have to go onto eBay and hunt no. for a couple
0: of shackles every time I want to change my army. No, I I mean, i just said... Clear bases would be great, but some of them are obviously like the the Grave Tide. You can't you can't even do that with. So. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm not sure, but j- just
1: just pure black bases seems a bit kind of meh when you've got these lovely armies or even even just normally painted armies. Just a just a black plain base just seems a bit.
2: They're more of a the issue is they're more of a token than a part of your army. That's oh no name. no
1: absolutely you no, I have, have idea beef. like
2: if you painted your endless spell like say you did a purple sun purple. Yeah, but again, it doesn't tie into your army if none of the rest of your army had purple in it. No, well, really. I think that's,
1: I think that's fine. It, it doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to tie in the colors. It's just it should be. I don't know. It just, uh, I would do it, I and mean, I did mine the same as my my army just quickly because I just fancied doing it. It was very quick, but I did have it black first, and I thought, mm, I'm not a fan of it. I'll just, I'll just quickly chuck on some, uh, some some of the basing that I've done. Don't take long, but. I'd be happy to see folk do it in a, a neutral colour or whatever, you know, like a, a magic colour like you say,
0: rather than just nothing. I, yeah. I've, I I've done all, all mine a neutral base colour. I've kind of I've, I've, I have a, a type of base that I use for a lot of different types of armies. Um, I have my snow ones from my destruction. And yeah. I have, a, I have like a stone and blood one for my corn stuff, and then everything else like my order and my, my death stuff. I kind of just have, uh, put sand. Well, I have a special mix of sand that I, I buy it when I buy my lime. I, I do rendering around the house and stuff like outside plastering, and I buy this special type of sand for uh for lime, and it's perfect for basing. It's got like just the right sort of consistency of aggregate in it. And then, uh, I just stick that with a PVA, wash it black, wash it brown, um, and then stick some static grass on it and in patches and I'm done. So I, I kind of do that for, for most armies nowadays. And then I can, I can pick and choose them as I want. So I've, I've done my endless spells like that. Um, but I don't know. I can, I can see if people want a really different basis for all the different armies. Why? They'd want something neutral for the remnants the yeah. maps. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, my death bases are very different from my Deepkin bases that I'm working on at the moment, and different materials, different colours. I yeah. suppose I, I should maybe try and just stick to one, now that I know that there is an aspect of the game that is going to be models that I would likely share between armies, but mm-hmm. obviously when I did my death, I had no idea that this was coming. So
0: Yeah, and you don't know how long it'll last. Yeah. Um, uh, endless so the with us at the moment. Yeah. I think once we get past the Soul Wars and we talk about like the the end of the Necroquake or the Etherquake or whatever it is and and maybe if if sorcery settles down for a while, um they may go like the old uh, you know, you go through phases, so it might not be there forever. Okay, so um It'll be interesting to see how you all do and to hear about the uh, atmosphere at Facehammer. I'm sure it'll be great. I really like Element Games and the Northwest Gaming Centre and it's well positioned and uh, back where I... I, I, Yeah, I used to have an office where I used to work about, I don't know, about 200 yards down the road from it, so I know the place well. It'd be nice Um, to blow some cash in the actual shop rather than just doing it online all the time. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's brilliant because they give you the same... It's the same price in store as online, so you don't, you know. Sometimes you feel you have to shop online to get a saving, but in there it's it's perfect. So oh, I hope you get sleepy as well. Yeah, yeah, you do, you know. Do you? Yeah, yeah, you get they have them on a on the uh, desk in a little a little dish. So it's a brilliant, shop, So well stocked. The mats, mats there are uh, a really good. I bought a mat last time I was there, one of the fat mats. Mm. I have a bit of a mat obsession as the wife will tell you I uh, I have a a loft full of mats <laughs> so I keep trying to give them away as prizes but uh. okay so uh, that's tournament so uh, Nathan you've got a, a bit of a, an interesting tale to tell us uh, this was something you were mentioning to us about uh, your local store and a game you had yesterday do you think you can uh, give us a few words on that and let folk know what that's all about.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, just to preface it a bit, I do a bit of uh, relief work for one of the local Games Workshop stores on my day off. So if he ever needs a holiday, um, I'd, I'll cover in the store. And he was telling me about someone, this was about a year and a half ago, he was telling me about someone who comes into the shop I can't remember how we got into it, but he was telling us that it's a, he's a, a blind kid who's hearing impaired as well, so he's got no sight and um, he, uh, he struggles to hear. But he played Warhammer, and I just remember thinking that it was quite crazy that someone that can't actually see would be able to play uh, a game as complex as like a tabletop war game. And he, he went into brief detail about the fact that he uses magnetic boards and um, is I think it's his uncle and his dad or um, his, his dad and his stepdad or uh, whoever help paint his models and get them ready and prepare all this equipment for him and he's got digital copies of the sort of battle tomes and the rules and just randomly about Two weeks ago, his dad reached out to us on Facebook, to the club Facebook page, um, saying that they were looking for someone for him, uh, somewhere for him to come and play, because he, he plays with his parents now and then, but they're not really, like, dedicated enthusiasts, so... I think uh, he was getting a little bit sort of fed up playing the same people over and over again that didn't really have the same sort of interest that we all have in it. So they were kind of looking for kindred spirits and people that would be able to to help him. But obviously with his disability, I think they were having a hard time. Uh, They tried a few other local clubs, but uh, I remember the guys and the committee at the club were really excited about getting him in. We've got someone else with uh, learning difficulties that goes to the club that we help out regularly as well. And, um, yeah, so we, we got him to come to the, to the club on Saturday, just gone there yesterday, and I volunteered to play him because I was fascinated by the story and I, I wanted to, to find out a bit more about it. So he's got magnetic boards, like sort of like metal sheet boards with um, sort of grass on top of them, and all the models are magnetized, and he just feels his way around the table and he uses the measuring gauge from the starter box, the old starter box, the you know the blue stick that has the oh, yeah. inches, kinda, so he can feel how many inches oh, yeah. he needs to measure. I, I was just blown away by how much of like he doesn't get any, he doesn't really need any help other than you telling him what dice you've rolled. Um, he uses tactile dice, like big giant dice that you can feel the sort of like how many spots it is and we were joking about it earlier but we played a thousand point game and i think if we took setup out of the equation it only took us two hours and obviously he can't see he couldn't hear me very well and it's still quicker than a lot of tournament games that i've had with people that can see and know all the rules and like he had been playing the game wrong through his interpretation and only really playing non-enthusiasts and yeah it was really inspiring i was sad to hear that games workshop have actually not helped them much at all they've reached out to them about getting the books even in if they can't do a text format if they could do like a pdf and then they could convert it to text because he's got this piece of equipment called a braille type it's like a kind of braille laptop so it changes, like the, the braille actually is like a physical thing and it just keeps like spinning around so that he can read. It's hard to explain, but it's like a mechanical sort of thing that pops up the braille for him to read, like a laptop would. Uh, it was really clever. Really? But Game, Games Workshop won't do it. I think it must be a piracy thing where they don't want to supply it in a text format or a PDF and they've, uh, they've been pretty useless, apparently. But um, yeah, he's uh, he's soldiering on, and he doesn't let his disability get in the way of doing his hobby, which I find was pretty cool.
0: So, so I mean, I I don't know much about this. It, it sounds really good, and you know, I've we have a, a a local tournament up here, um, obviously based up in Orkney, um, and we have an inter-county tournament once a year with Shetland, and one of the lads who comes down um, is profoundly deaf; he can't hear anything, and I mean that's obviously got its own issues and you have to make sure that you you, you explain everything face to face and it, it takes a little bit of getting used to before you play but this takes that to a different level so I understand that his, his pieces are then magnetised and he'll know where they are from feel. Do you, I mean your arm is probably magnetised anyway for yeah. transport. Um, but if he was playing another opponent, would they need to magnetise? Because I'm assuming he'll have to feel around and find where everything is.
3: Yeah, probably. Uh, well, I, just, I didn't really get like a big induction into like how he plays. We just kind of went at it, which yeah. made it even better. I was I was quite surprised how quick we got into it. But um, basically, how we got around that was I would lead his hand. also okay. So I would like kind of like take his hand and say, right, okay, this is your model here and then move his hand to where my model is, and then he can mm-hmm. kind of have like a sort of feel of the distance. Or when it came to piling in, I would like mm-hmm. touch his hand on top of his model and then on top of mine, and then yeah. explain by just telling them to the left or to the right with regards to what units were where. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is—he was a lot more hearing impaired than I expected. Um, I had to repeat myself quite a lot and speak very loudly and very slowly, but, um, we, he, he came with his mum who can, uh, blind sign, I think it's called. So she can like draw sign language on his hand so that he can kind uh, of, oh, like nice. understand. So he brought his mum, but after about half an hour, his mum was, like, I don't think you really need me. <laughs> and she just kind of <laughs> left because we were getting on quite well. That's um, good. but yeah, no, it was the, the most, probably the, the most inspiring thing that I've seen. Um, just, I was amazed at how well he knew the sort of rules. And I'd given him my list before, and he researched all the war scrolls. He could actually navigate the war scrolls quicker on this braille device than I could with the physical book or the app. So when it came to looking up rules, he had them all kind of shortcutted on his keyboard and stuff, and he just navigated it dead quick. Like I was talking to the guys in uh, the sort of committee at the club about it, and I was saying that. After a couple of months, I have no doubt that he could play a game in two hours tops. Um, The tables that he was using aren't standard size, so I think he would need to get uh, bigger tables. And it does help, I think, if the models are magnetised, because there was a few instances where a model was knocked over or scenery was moved slightly. Uh, So I don't think he'll be turning up at any tournaments anytime soon, but I think he is just more than anything looking forward to playing... More people, so I think uh, it's just important to, if anybody does come along with any sort of disabilities, that instead of just thinking, yeah, it's probably not the best thing to do, uh, if you've got a handicap of some sort and you can't really play at the same speed as anyone else, and try and think outside the box, which is what they've done. Um, they've kind of—it's
1: pretty amazing. I mean, that's for, yeah. for what—for what's a total visual hobby, and yeah. not even just a hobby, but a game. If you're if you're playing, and with so much information to take in, Chris, we we struggle with, <laughs> you know, being fully functioning, uh, you yeah. know, eyesight and everything, and it's it's hard enough doing that. Um, I, kid,
3: I kid you not, he was looking in the direction of things because he he must have been visualizing where yeah. Yeah. things were. So from me describing where things are, and he had a feel around the table before. So he knew where all the scenery was before stuff was the, like, um, and he was even talking about line of sight. He was like, <laughs> obviously I can't see. So there's no, like, I, I don't, uh, it's a sort of abstract concept to him, but he was like, oh, the keep is on that side, isn't it? So is anything on the other side of the keep? I was just blown away. It was amazing. Um, yeah. It was a daredevil kind of moment where his, his other senses are kind of heightened. <laughs> <laughs> it was,
0: uh, it was it's cool. such it's such like a, an internal game as well, though. When you think about it, uh, all these sorts of games, um, the rules are just the basic mechanics, but most of it goes on in your imagination. That's where you flesh it all yeah. out. And you know, there's such a rich uh, background and, and uh, a narrative to. Well, all games work show up games and a lot of other games, but when you do it, I mean, to me, uh, it it, it comes to life, I mean, the models represent one thing, but you can see that he's obviously living in a world where he has to use his imagination for everything and to picture things, I suppose, or however that works, And, and maybe he's just really good at that, so... Yeah, well, he it wasn't always violent, blind.
3: Like um, I think he, he, his mum was telling me uh, that he played a lot of computer games when he was younger, so I think his blindness has been progressive, oh, okay. um, to the point now where he can't see anything other than like sort of vague shadows. So I'm not sure if it's still getting worse, but he he's had sight at some point, and mm. I think it was the same with his hearing as well because he doesn't sound like someone that's hearing impaired either. Um, so he's uh, he's definitely. Uh, an inspiration. Anyway, I think it's really cool.
0: I'd like to see more of it. So what filth was he packing, though? (laughs) Was (laughs) he (laughs) an elfmonger or not?
3: (laughs) Yeah, so um, he he outplayed me at the very start of the game. So he picked a mission where I had to deploy my whole army in the middle of the the table. And I was the fiend playing with the zinch, And he was playing the Stormcast Eternals. He had a a cell on Dracov. Um, He had a Lord Veritant, a Griffhound, a Relictor, five Protectors with two Star Soul Maces. He's not missing a trick there. And uh, I think, yeah, a unit of ten Liberators he had. Uh, And because I had to to deploy everything in this kind of tight little ball, um, he took first turn and went, okay, so my Lord Celestant and Drakoth's going to fire his breath. And it's like a two inch range, and he just hit everything in my army, took the changeling down to two wins at the very start, and yeah, it was, I think, he, he was you, you just... You were going was,
1: easy with a changeling to about of the neither, yeah.
3: Yeah, he was, he was <laughs> spanking me. He killed eight <laughs> Zangor at the, in the first turn. Um, that was, it was a really cool game. Uh, oh, he was ended East up being... Years of here. I tabled him in the end. I wasn't holding back. He told me that he'd named his Griffhound after the family dog. At which point, I proceeded to take it off with a decent oh, you're a bad spell. Man. Uh, <laughs> no, he was he was loving it though. He was he gets right into the narrative, obviously, because he has to visualise yeah. a lot of it. and He could have won on a major victory because the way the mission worked was if he had any models left on the table and less than. Three of my units had escaped the table because I was like trying to escape in the mission. Then he would get a major victory, but instead of holding back, he decided to charge in because it didn't seem right to him with uh, to to not charge into combat. So he charged in, and the Zangor punched him in the face. And yeah, it was uh, it was a really good narrative kind of game.
1: It was good. Well, it's good on good on you as well for you know, um, well you know, embracing the whole thing in the first place. But then. Not not holding back as, as some people might do against somebody that they is impaired or whatever, you know, and yeah. try give them a soft win or whatever. But you know, it's not, it's not in your nature, obviously. So. No, <laughs> well, I
3: wasn't going to lose to someone that couldn't see. Like that was just <laughs> what would my street cred go down to? <laughs> no, nah, but his dad had told me that he smashes them all the time, so I yeah. think he was uh, quite happy his well, son know. taking down a peg or two. Yeah, but, uh, no. that was, well, you, that you never
0: could... learn anything if you don't you don't lose or fail, yeah, exactly. Do you? So. Yeah. That's what Absolutely. I always but say to the wife when I smash my kids up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but now he left with a smile on his face and he said he's coming back to the club, uh, which is a win. Uh, that's what we wanted. We didn't want someone to not come back because they felt they couldn't like, play. We we set the table up in the lobby of the place where the club is as well. So I think that helped because the hall can get quite noisy with oh, yeah. playing all their games. So. But uh, no, it was. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing them again, and I'm sure he'll get his revenge. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you'll have to tell us about it next time.
3: Yeah, sure, I'll do. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, cheers for that. Uh, well, I'm conscious that we've uh, we've been chatting for a while, but um, if we've got some time to carry on, uh, we have got a, a query from one of our uh, our podcast patrons, which was for Liam because Liam is the well, the, the the filthiest amongst us, I suppose. And um we've we've been asked um by somebody who's relatively um new to um competitive side of the hobby at least, um how will we go about building a list and, and in particular what they're they're struggling with is um uh making those choices between investing points in uh, a centrepiece or a big character. Or spreading it amongst um, uh, more numerous smaller units, I suppose, and just uh, asking for some kind of pointers on on how well Liam would go about doing that, um, and if he's got any kind of examples. So over to you, Liam. What, what uh, it's your first masterclass here for you. So so what are your what are your suggestions, what are your tips?
2: More or less. Myself, I like I like having a big model. I like having something that can go in, and it's my personality of the game as well. To just go in and smash, have a big model taking heaps of little guys off, and that. It matters on your side of there's like it's talked about as is, is the horde meta and the monster meta. We're kind of in in Scotland. We're kind of in a mixture. It fluctuates between the top of there being a lot of one and a lot of the other one event, and then. Next event, you won't see any monsters, sort of thing. Uh, normally, your monsters, you're best having something that survives. There's no point in having something that's just going to be there and get taken off because it it doesn't. You need it to do something in your army for your army. Again, if it has like a bonuses or benefits to the rest of your army by just being there uh, straight off, like obviously like a slaughter queen on Cauldron. Obviously, she gives the players out, and obviously you can give her the ability to give. She gives plus one armor save out to units within range. Things like that. She also has obviously a witch brew to a unit. Just things like that that allow them to buff your army. There's no point in having having in your army and you have her, have all these abilities but not have anything to target with on those abilities, which is quite a shame. Uh, quite a, most of the big characters that are heroes also kind of fill a place in your army like Lord of Change does Demon uh, uh, Zinch, uh, Rathicorn Bloodthirster synergizes with making the army to go faster. Grit and Clean 1 has the ability to obviously give units extra attacks or obviously has the ability to cast spells easier and give them extra movement. Uh, Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon is an example for it obviously has a command ability to give reroll hits to a unit. Obviously he's fast and obviously can lend a hand in combat. You can obviously give him spell to obviously debuff your opponent's army or obviously make him better. There's quite a lot of the big monsters that do that. The problem is, like you say, is when you're obviously trying to work out how much uh, models to wounds you want in your army, then there's obviously all these different armies have different problems with uh, this sort of section. Uh, I think it was Nighthaunt was your aim uh, that was asked for. The That's moment, what
0: he particularly wanted to know about, yeah.
2: Nighthawne don't actually have the a much big models. Like, centerpiece model There is what, a Linder or the Black Coach. Uh, I think our person in our group played the Black Coach last, at Northern Invasion. Yeah, GP. He said it, it, was, it was very fast, but he said it didn't really do much. It was more just fast and then held people up uh, compared to, obviously, like you say, like Arkhan the Black is a good example of an ally to add to the army. He obviously has good magic dominance and obviously has the ability to get the spells off that your army needs because he also knows then the spells of all wizards within range of him in your army. So you can obviously get your healing spells off or you can get cogs off if that's what your army needs. There's a really struggle for death if you go it's pretty much one way or the other with death you either have one or two big heroes and a heap of exposable bodies. You don't really get the the good mixture of like big models, elite models, and then inventory. There's, you pretty much have to, like you say, throw your points in the gash. It's not just in the gash you need, you need the two other wizards with him to buff him to give him more spells access. Because so if he just goes in himself, he only knows seven spells, which you just then, that you're one spell short of actually having options. And then half those spells have such a short range, you would never get to use the half of them during the game, and uh, right now Grimgasts uh, for Nighthaunt seem to be one of the strongest units. They're battle line for Nighthaunt, they're fast, they are very killy, they have a 4-up armor like uh, it's been talked about before, that ignoring rend and well, modifiers and uh, on their saves means they just ignore half the damage coming into them. Uh, they've got 2-inch reach, so you can rank them in 2s, and they obviously all get to hit 2 attacks each. Reroll them to hit against units of five or more models. It's just brilliant. Uh, they also have the Night Haunt spells are quite good for them because you can obviously heal them quite quickly. I still feel myself personally that Legion of Nagash or Legion of Sacrament and the like are better because they get the Grave Sites, which heal the Grimgas a lot easier without you having to actually do anything for it.
0: While, so would you would you take that over the Night Haunt legions then? Would you yes, run the Nighthaunt? Units, but but go yeah. Legion.
2: I would always play Legion. Well, yeah. uh, Legion of Gash or Legion of Sacrament, or even Legion of You're doing kind of the same thing. I feel right now, Night Haunts have a real benefit of it's really... They're, they're, a, they're a good army. They're resilient. I feel they really rely on getting that 10 plus to charges to push themselves in that game. of A game that's an even matchup, they when that you roll that couple of those ten pluses, you're kinda like, Well, this game's kinda over because I've been lucky in getting two 10 plus roll, which is not the best way to play like consistent you would obviously you couldn't yeah. say you're in five games at an event, you would do that every game,
0: which and is probably What's for... the relevant what's the relevance of the ten plus? Is that because you, you when they ten plus the charge in the underworld? Or is it yeah, when
2: they ten plus the charge they have an ability that they get to after the charge is successfully done? You get to pile and attack immediately, and then in the combat phase, they'll pile and attack again. Right. But it's what's good if it happens in the charge phase. Anything that says it happens in the combat phase, like sh- some shields and uh, some other items say that they only work in the combat phase. Yeah, Maybe You ignore them, and you obviously get to attack uh, in the charge phase, and obviously get to ignore all those effects. But you're also getting attacked twice, you attack then, and then you attack again normal. But you're getting to attack here before your opponent gets to react. So you could end up taking a chaff wall out with it and then obviously then moving your three-inch pile in and then attacking something now you're in a better range of.
0: And what about the actual allegiance ability? How does that work? Is it still like the one that was in the handbook where you could deploy? Uh, half your
2: in... units can deploy under the, uh, in the Underworlds. They have to come up I think by turn three at the moment or are they kind of slain. Okay. Uh, nine inches away is normal. Uh, board wide, that's the only difference between them and the, Naga- uh, Legion, well, the Legion Knight, uh, Nagash Legion Nagash, you have to come up through the grave sites. Yeah. Uh, I feel with Nighthaunt that you're stuck. You obviously have this wide range, but all the heroes are very fragile and they just die too easily, but you need them to heal the units and buff the units. But okay. they all have these holly within range, is that you just, they're, Unrealistic ranges that you'll never be in like you'll never not normally be within twelve wholly within twelve inches of a character once you're in combat because you've spread that twelve in that ten inch charge out and you've spread your unit way into the uh, the lines kind of sort of thing
0: right I get you so whereas and I know because I play um legions and the gash stuff basically your your heroes uh can use the the deathless minions. And then you also have the, um, uh, you also have the grave sites that can heal, so you can pump quite a lot of D3s in. So are you reliant wholly upon the heroes then for Nighthaunt?
2: The Nighthawn, it's all spells that heals, or if a unit fails a Battleshock check, I think it's the other way. Uh, a couple of the heroes also, if your opponent loses, slay, if you slay enemy models that you can gain back D3. If it's Stormcast, it's automatically free models come back to a unit. But again, it's on five wound heroes that are costing yeah uh, the same points as ten
0: Grimgast sort of thing, mostly. No Am I right am I right in thinking most of the units and characters and things in the book can be taken in Legion or at least can be taken as an ally?
2: Everything that was in the Souls war box can be taken straight in the army. Okay. They're not allies, so that's Grimgast, Garden of Souls, uh the Knight of Shrouds.
3: Executioner.
2: Executioner.
3: Reapers and Sandman. the Glavery Stalkers.
2: Glavery Stalkers, the Grim uh, Chain Rasps yeah. and the Last heat of Spirit Torment.
0: Okay, so that's quite a lot that can just go slot straight into Legion. But mm-hmm. then if you want the Lady or the Craven King, they have to come in as allies like the Mongol. They'd be an ally, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, the, Mo- the Mongol can't be taken, although I think it can be taken as an ally.
0: I think it's got Night Haunt region. as a keyword now, so it should yeah. be able to come in as an ally, shouldn't it? Yeah.
2: Taking them as allies, they don't get the death save, they don't no. affect any of the, the hero things that uh, they don't get a spell from the lores and the gash and that. Which obviously no. then just makes them struggle. You're better obviously then like a Knight of Shrouds gives you a unit you know, of Night Haunt a plus one attack. But you could just swap them straight out for a vampire lord who does the same thing, but he also yeah. gets a lot vampire spell. And he can heal himself for D six wins a turn a game with his chalice. So
0: if he's... you've got, yeah. So if you've got somebody who's who's keen on doing night on because they like the look of the models and they like the way they are looking to play. Me. Um, <laughs> would you? What What would your advice be then for starting up? If you're going to build, say, a thousand points to start with, um, w- would you reckon that the um, the go down the legions route? Really, I think, the best I think
2: the fact they, they do best at the moment. I think I talked to Nathan about was Legion of Sacrament. I think yeah. Legion of Sacrament is the best because of the ability with the graves to, Yeah, if really you strong. A unit dies within six, it, it's very good for like Spirit Hosts because a thousand points you probably would be taking. I'm guessing because the problem with Grimgast, they're not battle line in that list, you would be taking probably if you wanted two units of ten chain Raft or a Two units 20, that's 320. You take a unit of 20 Grimgasts, and then you take maybe what a Vampire Lord, a Necromancer. It's what, about 900, is it? About there. If you could have the points left, maybe free Spirit Host. It so gives yeah. you some options of uh, the, again, the uh, White, Vampire Lord's fast. It's two ways to heal the unit plus the four Grave Sites. You've also got the Van Hells, which is again probably one of the best spells in the game. Yeah.
0: yeah, especially an anything that's model. summoned. Yeah, yeah. thanks And then if you're going to step it up to 2,000, that's where you look at your big centrepiece and... Yeah, and
2: like, Zombie Dragon. Ethereal uh, army. like you say, for survivability, a free-up save. Uh, Ignoring modifiers, and he's probably one of the most healing models in the game as well, because he can heal with a chalice, or every time yeah. he kills a model, uh, slays models, he'll heal as well. And then you'd be adding, again, you'd just be bulking up those units. Maybe making one of your Chain Rasp units 40. Give yourself a unit of Dogs or something, just for the fast Battle Line unit as well. Then up in your unit, I would be, to me, it'd be up the unit of Grimgasts to 30. You've then got the options. you want to take another 30 of them or something, or do you want to take some Black, like Hex wraiths or Black Knights or something, just for like something fast and chaff. So I
3: mean, the Canadian army it? looked really thematic as well in mm-hmm. Legions of Nagash with Night Hunt. Like it feels like a Night Hunt army. Like Nagash has spirit hosts around them, as do the yeah. Northarks. The spirit hosts and hexwraiths have always worked quite well with the legions mm-hmm. as well, especially with Nagash letting you reroll ones. So, yeah.
1: What do you think of the the bladegeist revenants and the banshees, things like that? I, I love the bladegeist revenants models. I think they're fantastic. But...
2: There's a couple of the poses I don't like. I feel that it, they look really out of place. There's a couple that have a really good, like, uh, overswing uh, for the models, but there's a couple of the... It's the, it's, the, the, it's, the sh- it's
1: the sword shape that I love. It's the same as, them, you know, the... the broad sword, yeah. Yeah, it just looks really cool, but... Would you would you put any of them in, do you think? Uh,
2: they'd be allies to uh, a Nagash arm, well, a Legion Nagash or, uh, Legion Nagash book, Uh I like the Marmor and Banshees. I like them. Again, as a unit of 12 of them, they're quite nice. Because they get affected by the gravesites again and that. Uh, you just you can't bring them back, which is a shame. Because uh, they don't get affected by your ally, I believe. I'm still actually quite unsure on that. It's a bit vague. I know they don't get a 6-up death save. But I'm unsure if they're affected by your gravesites and that. I don't
3: think is they're it? affected by the gravesites, but you can heal them with Deathly Invocation. Because yeah,
0: that's just a right. yeah, yeah. But if they die, I suppose is it is it? I've not got the book with me, but does it say you can bring a a slain Probably, you know. legion of X model back rather because, because you're a Yeah.
2: The problem is that because it's your legion's ability, allies are just never affected by them. Yeah. Unless otherwise stated but... by their books. Uh, but no, you're not. A, it's not like a legion. It's not like a, what storm hosts. Super Stormcast, so it doesn't add a keyword. It just if you are a... Uh, no Legions no, of, legions of uh,
0: Sacrament Army, all models count as being from Legion of Sacrament except Yeah, of but War. your allies won't, yeah. So if yeah. you're bringing the Mermon Banshees in, they'll be allies, so they won't get the keywords, so yeah. Mm-hmm. well that's fair. So well, that's pretty good. Um thanks a lot for that. Um there were quite a few there at Northern Invasion. Uh, they didn't get particularly high up. Um, I think that. Fortunately, I didn't burst any of them. I was wanting to get some free spells. That was my. uh yeah. the weekend. But... <laughs> oh, next time, eh? I think we'll see some more of them because they have some great, great-looking models in there, and you can It's a see quick them. army
2: for getting on the board. I think that's. I think that literally is the, the biggest uh, upsell to a lot of people. To them is that they can get them on the board fairly quickly. Yeah, coming from someone that paints armies very quickly, I could get them done a lot quicker than what uh, some armies are.
0: Yeah, he can make them look good pretty quick as well. It's, I mean, mm. it is literally. A, I mean, you could get away with just spraying them white and washing them and basing, and you're pretty much done, aren't you? If you want to pick out the metal, you can do. Yeah, my base, oh co- my...
2: base coats all over. They're like, well, it's what you could do is what I see a lot of people do is literally. Uh, like you say silver on you like uh, spray white do all your uh your paint there your metals and your details then wash with agrax and then wash with offside because yeah. then your offside gives like a dirty ghost yeah but then your whole you would have all your base metals done that as well
0: yeah No, it's, I I never pick out my metals I I do it a bit of a, a convoluted backward way I spray black I then uh, go with um a dark, a uh, dark grey dry brush from about the knees up, and then, um, then I do a block up to the top, and then I go slightly lighter from the waist up, and then I go um, a light grey, and then basically I get to the stage where I've got head and shoulders white, and then I hit them with a. A green, a green wash all over, and it it makes them look black at the bottom and gradually gradiate up to a really bright at the top. Doesn't a take xenophil,
2: long. A xenophil spray would do that for you as well. You yeah, just, that's what I do. I just most that's what all my all my models start. If you,
0: if you can, if you can teach me how to use an airbrush, that would be great.
3: That's have spray cans. Oh is yeah, it? you can do it with spray cans quite easy. Yeah. I, do. Well, I was spray looking cans, at
0: okay. that with a with a Lario, actually. I've got an idea for doing the beetle, just spraying it black. And then hitting it with a fang from one angle, and then I've got a load of those color shift paints, and I was thinking of uh, it just doing that afterwards, uh, passing over that, and I think that might give a good effect. But I'm not I think that would look quite
3: yet. cool. I've seen yeah. some maybe uh, heels painted with those color shift paints. They look yeah, uh, they look awesome.
2: I'd maybe on like the horn face part. I'd maybe give it like a, just a, a really light dusting of white. Okay, on that with because then that just means your feature is the face, sort of thing yeah so obviously when when you paint a lot L as well, her front will be brighter to you than yeah. what her back uh, backside is going to be
0: yeah no, that's good. well, thanks a lot for that right. so hopefully that'll help uh, keep your questions coming, folks that's grand um in terms of uh our patrons and whatnot, we have uh, our commercial <laughs> partner if you want to call it that, this month, is the Army Painter. So they've given us a War Games Mega Brush set to give away to somebody, which, looking at this now, I've got it in front of me, it seems to have 11 brushes. So it's basically got all the sizes. It's got your big dry brushes right the way down to your little tiny things, um, including masterclass brushes, Kolinsky, this, that, and the other, so that's nice, with a painting thing, it's got a, what have we got, we've got, yeah, loads of stuff, anyway, so we've got 12 podcast patrons this month, look at that, we've gone up by 50%, so we could look at doing some kind of a random role, or I could do something live on the Twitter thing later on in the month, what do you guys think? Should we should we milk it and, and do something live? Or or does somebody want to roll a D12? Yeah. Whichever <laughs>
3: results in me winning. I need some
0: new brushes. <laughs> Just go with that. <laughs> oh, you should have been at thingy at Northern Invasion. We had some I don't really want... nice ones. I don't, I, I don't want to um, undersell the army painter with their great brush set here. But have you had those Games and Gears brushes? Have you seen those? No. no. We had some of those to give away, and they were really, really nice brushes. That's the only thing I didn't.
3: Winning the wrestling there.
0: So, well, what I'll do, what I'll do, um, I'll do something live on the Twitter thing later on in the month. We'll maybe do it that way. And then people who hear this, if they want to to jump on board, they can... uh, can do that and be in with a chance of winning this before the end of the month and we'll draw it that way rather than us doing something blindly where it could be just me picking you out of a hat <laughs> I'm
3: fine with that yeah
0: <laughs> so well that's that, now we have been asked to do top 10 of things but it's getting pretty late so again um, maybe that's not one for today I'm looking yeah. at this we're doing half hours in but what i could do is we could put some polls i'll put some polls together and we'll see what people vote for and yeah what we'll well, people like to see is the yeah and then we'll do a rundown on that we did get some suggestions through the northern invasion feedback sheets on what people wanted us to talk about and um top 10s was mentioned a couple of times um top 10 ways to kill McGash was one of them so um We'll maybe get you to tell us off about that. There's probably only two or something. I think top, <laughs> no 10 might, top ten might be a bit excessive, so we might just do each of our favourites, and it'll be a, either a top four or a top five yeah. at the most. We'll have a wild card in there as well, um, and then it won't it won't last forever. But that's that then. Um, is there anything anything else that anybody's got as a burning thing that they want to they want to get off their chests? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, not here. No, I think like been... just... like this time next month you could have pushed your way into the rankings, could you? Oh no, it'll be the one after, won't it? Because yep. um, Howland's the next, the next scoring event. You might
1: find that Masters only really becomes the top twenty in the country. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Well, I think it should be, to be fair. <laughs> I still maintain that anybody who runs a tournament where the top player scores 100 points should get in on the wildcard. It'd encourage a lot more people to do uh, to do yeah. big, good tournaments. Yeah, and... Stellanville, Scott, it. I <laughs> yeah, no, Scott's going to do it. It's... Tempest in January, it's going to be the, the, the event. You're just going to have to start playing your own event, Scott.
1: Yeah, no, I don't fancy that. I don't fancy it. Honestly, I don't fancy it.
0: But no, I don't think I could have done it this month, this week. I think the last game, if I was playing in that, would have been waiting for about an hour at the end of it for me to tally everything up, um, with all the extra prizes and things I did. So, what are you taking to the howling then? Um, any any tips for what? what you're gonna, I'm going to take Legion tonight, just because I've never had Manfred on the table, so I'm going to give him a shot. I reckon he can do me top 20. What about well, yourself, pretty, Scott?
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the an go again. Um, probably the same list. Of, chatted briefly to Liam and Nathan, about. maybe dropping Festus for a, uh, just a sorcerer. Um, and the Gemrids as well. Just trying to squeeze an extra command point, just so mm. I could run with a bit more options. But, um, yeah, the, kind of mixed response from you guys. I don't know what you think, but uh, it's... It's, it won't change much. It, I think, Liam said you're a your fan of Festus. Give it a minute.
2: I think you need him just in case there is someone with high armor. There isn't at the moment, but if Stormcast start kicking about again, you could probably have that problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, healing's useful, but I, I think what I will do, and you said this before, is, is swap out Blades for the Plague Squall. Yeah. I guess to get the, a threat there. there. Yeah. I think blades is.
3: Another command point, though. Yeah. I think that you need the, the extra one for the reroll charge, or if you want a bigger run before your charge, as well as giving the plus one attack.
2: What
1: like about dropping the nerglings? Then I was going to say it means dropping the nerglings, but I what my They're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> some of them game changers. Well, that's true. I could some of them, but they do. I mean, they do, they do a job because more often than not, you can get them in there. Territory turn, end of turn. What's so just for the start of turn two for the extra points, you know? And mm-hmm. people always get caught out with them. So they, they do a little job, so anyway, that's that's the trade-offs you've got to worry about. So yeah, but turn I mean, one,
2: they're always giving you the free contagion points. That's what's good for them. Um, Again,
1: yeah, we did well, drop out no,
2: Articulus I... as well. It was maybe a good shout.
1: Articulus, yeah. I mean, he's quite expensive. He's like two, two twenty or something. But he does bring that to the table. Pays for
3: that tree, yeah. Yeah. He's a locus for the bees as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, he would be. Yep. He would be. So yeah, but um, for for face hammer and for for howling, certainly, I think I'm going to stick to pretty much the same list. Yeah, good stuff. Just try, just try and get some some reps with it. I don't I don't play that often, so the no. the reps tend
0: to be tournament games, you know. So yeah. What about yourself, then, Liam? Are you sticking with the big man.
2: Same list, I think. There's not what there. there's nothing I can really change. Dramatically in the time But again, yeah, this thing right. I really want to change I quite like the list uh, It did, uh, did really well Obviously at uh, Northern Invasion I just think With the access to the realm spells Obviously at Howling as well It'll just it'll throw my list up Even higher Just because I'll obviously get Each realm plus the command abilities The command abilities are really strong for Yeah the Gash. Definitely when we're in Realm of Death For game 3 Where I can just heal the Gash back up For a command point
1: How many command points do you keep do you keep yourself two? Always keep two, two.
2: I pretty much write every list. I every that's it, that's of my thing. would be every list you write. If you have command a need for command points or in your list, yeah. always have two
0: in your list. Always I write have, your list at nineteen hundred. I've got mine, mine, mine. One for the Howling's got two. It's uh, it's not getting any battalions, which is odd for me. But yeah, I'm, I've I've built it to nineteen hundred. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And are you taking the bet Nagash the gash then, are you, Nathan? Or are you going always, with the
3: metals? Yes. Yeah. No, well, I'm taking the gash to face hammer. So, depends how much time I get. If I get enough time to get the deepkin to some sort of level, then I'll maybe take them. But I, I don't see it happening. So, for now, it will be the gash for the howling.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. Well. Thank you very much for joining us and uh well we'll break this down and we'll get the the interview with Steve out there as well. Congratulations again, to Steve, for being our thane of the Isles for two thousand and eighteen um and we'll be We'll be back to hear about uh the exploits of these fine gentlemen at Facehammer and our build up to the howling in beginning of October. Thank you very much.